Hello everybody, this is the, the Deep Dive new episode. I know it's been a bit long, but I've got Hunter with me. And Hunter currently, where are you right now? You're in Riyadh? I'm in uh, Saudi Arabia at the moment, yeah, in Riyadh, <laughs> for uh, Twisted Minds' Saudi E-League's run. So we got the final in like, I want to say like 12, 14 hours for Saudi oh. E-League's. And you're not asleep yet? I, I, no, no, but the Saudi schedule is very much, you go late into the night, you wake up, you wake up pretty close before the match wander meander over to the van take over so yeah this is just another day at the office i think i was gonna say it looks like a nice fucking office on the back here i'm just saying you got the big oh, ass I mean, fridge I, with I, a tv I you, screen i can give you the tour if you yeah, like yeah it's, go it's actually it, yeah. Um, all right all right so it's it's not thought there's a, there's a bit of storage taking place in here we've got a couple of gamers here like that gamers um, i like that um yeah there's some like uncleaned up bags of food from said gamers um got <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not a very fancy office, but they're building a new one, which is why there's a bunch of air conditioners on the table or on the floor over there behind the tables because those air conditioners are going into the new building, I believe. So there you go, your new home when you're office. when you're not going to be there. So <laughs> sick. Yeah, no, maybe next the office build. I did want to. Uh, so I went. I did a little bit of a deep dive, a little browse. So I want you to. I like the top. Uh, yeah, exactly. I want you to. <laughs> Tell me what this is about. So, December 15th, 2017. I'm the greatest Soldier oh, wow. 76 player to ever grace the region. You baby. <laughs> what was that? Uh, how, do you, how do you find this crap? Like, how, how, did you just like go scrolling on my Twitter or something? <laughs> hey. How do you find this stuff? Pretty easy to find. Okay. Um, I mean, I think it, that must have been like Australian Open Division or something. And there was like no role lock in Overwatch because, you know, I used to play like everyone plays. Um, and we had some strange strat on like numbani first point where like I, I was the flex support on my team at the time and i i was playing soldier and we won and i'm i was fucking terrible at soldier just absolutely awful like i can't even use it i can't so we won this match with me on soldier it's like i got no clue like i just played like shit got absolutely clapped and we won anyway so you know that was the tweet post-match i guess the post-match tweet yeah. 2017 od in that, that's australian open division right yeah, well, I don't know if it was even called OD back then. To be honest, I can't remember the tournament names. But it was it, it was the best you could be doing in Australia. At the time. <laughs> it was it was the it was tier one Australian Overwatch, um, basically. Yeah, I've I actually have heard it all from like Scott and like Avril and stuff too about grinding like Oz, even like TF2 and stuff. I don't know if you did you play TF2 back in the day as well. No, nah, I wasn't. I wasn't a TF2 guy. I was more of like a MO during my teenage years. Um, Overwatch was the first. Yeah. Oh, you have to move your mic close to your mouth. Oh, sorry, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. You want me to run it by you again? Yeah. What, what did you say? Not a TF2 yeah, head, right? Overwatch, not, not a TF2 head. Overwatch is my first competitive shooter. Straight on to Lucio. But, that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lucio was a reroll. First, I was a flex support, you know, oh, for right. one map, a soldier player, and then eventually, eventually a, a Lucio coach. What did you play on flex support? Yeah. Ah, uh, Zen, <laughs> but uh, I think Zen. it's it's kind of hard to call it playing these heroes, you know. Yeah. Like it was such a different time, you know. It's like six years ago versus a bunch of Australian teenagers. Like the the standard <laughs> of competition was pretty low. So I kind of like once you immerse yourself in Overwatch League for a couple of years, it kind of feels embarrassing to talk about what you used to do playing Overwatch back in the day because it's like, yeah, th these kids were all doing that with their eyes closed while I was playing. So. Yeah. yeah, actually, and a lot of the players now they were like actual children. Like you were grinding out. No, genu genuinely, yeah. it's like even on my team back then, it was like there were just actual children there too. You know, like the best <laughs> players on the team were actual children. 
and then there's just me just slonking orbs missing every shot you know like it wasn't <laughs> wasn't great well they say those who can't do teach right those who can't do coach that's exactly why i'm a coach genuinely hey, there it is because i'm i i had the i had the moment of realization at the end of um 2019 and i was like you know what i'm just I'm definitely not going any further than this level as a professional player. So I guess let's just uh, let's find something else to do because it's just not getting any better. What was it? What was the first team you jumped into like as a coach? Uh, British Hurricane. The oh right, yeah, the okay. UK ones. Yeah, I kind of like went straight from player to just like a good team, and then straight to Overwatch League. Like right after, it was like the quickest, um, quickest player, like tier two shitter player into like professional tier one coach transition ever. Because, you know, I knew a guy that knew a guy that got me a tryout for British Hurricane. And the the boys, one of which is just sitting next to me, um, you know, he just liked the way that I talked or something, even though I had no clue what I was saying. So there was a job in that for me. And then on Los Angeles Valiant, same year, uh, Gumba quit to go coach Valorant, you know, oh, and packing yeah. 10, the head, yeah. co- the head coach of Valiant at the time was like, I really like this Australian guy on my team. If only there was a kind of vaguely similar Australian guy that I could replace him with. And then Gumba's eyes light up and he's like, you know what? I actually know a kind of similar Australian guy that you can replace me with. And then I was in Overwatch League with no experience whatsoever. Wait, that's actually insane. That's the eSports way. That is just the eSports way. Yeah, I mean... You know a guy that knows a guy that knows Yeah, I don't know if nepotism networking, I'm not quite sure what you want to call it, you know? It's like you get a tryout for a team because you know a guy that knows a guy and then the people on the team like you, you stick around. It's usually how it goes. And then, you know, we've just had an endless string of people like hanging about. So, I mean, it's sort of like being Blaster Boys. I mean, same with casting as well. Yeah. Like I, I say this a lot. I, I think I talked to Astro about this too, but just like as long as people don't hate you, you're, you're kind of okay, you know, like you're good. As long as you don't yeah. get yeah. people to you down or anything it's like as long as people don't mute you when you talk you know yeah, casters right. and coaches they can both get by with that mantra i think um you don't but, get muted. yeah i mean <laughs> yeah as long as you can talk and people kind of like the sound of it you know maybe there's a potential as a coach or a caster for someone in the room yes yeah. that's, that's how i think about it that's kind of facts actually yeah. i never really thought about it that way just as long as you don't get muted 50 yeah. percent of the time you're good yeah, well, you know, I might be known to mute Overwatch broadcasts when I watch them. You know, like it's, me. it's not like I've got it's not like I've got a hatred for casters or anything, but it's honestly just a bit distracting. You know, there's just a lot going on. It's easier to watch it without the sound. It's all coming yeah. out now, mate. It's all, it's fine. Overwatch League. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be around next year. I don't know what's happened with Overwatch Esports. Oh, you're so. not sure about that? Yeah, I'm not sure I, about that. So yeah, you know, I think everyone's loosened up a bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It, it is interesting <laughs> to see the kind of. I don't know if you noticed this too. It's kind of changing attitude towards that because, man, when we went into Toronto, like the final, the grand finals and stuff, like it, it, it was kind of looming over everybody that was like, I don't think this is going to happen. Like, is this going to happen next year? Like, what's going to happen? You know, and like, you think the audience were feeling that too? Did you feel any kind of way yeah. like going into the finals? Oh, absolutely. Like, I was there with London as just like a, just like a little piece of furniture or something that they were lugging along for a laugh. But um, yeah, I definitely felt like a, a pretty big sense of finality at the, the event, you know, just being like, oh, wow, this is a really big event. This is really good. We're probably not going to have any more of these, at least not in the current format, you know. It was a little bit sad, to be honest, like throughout the whole play, I was thinking like, oh, this is actually great, but this is this is the end of the line. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, to, to some extent, everyone felt that, you know, unless you were completely delusional. I think there were a couple of, you know, there were a couple of young boys in the league that lived in such a bubble that they didn't realize that maybe next year they're not going to have a job. Um, 
but I, I think most people with any semblance of a clue, you, you know, knew it was pretty much the end of the line. It did feel like it was right on the wall for sure. And like, obviously with Zoe's speech at the end, I was like, that, that was, <laughs> holy. Yeah. I'm... Well, once the, you know, once the talent starts like basically crying on broadcast being like, yeah, we had a good run, fellas. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, fuck it. <laughs> it might be the end of the run. Like, oh shit. It was it, it was definitely like a tonality shift, which it, it did feel kind of strange. Like, obviously, yeah. with that whole kind of looming over everybody, what what was the kind of feeling in the teams and stuff too? Like when you were coaching uh, in your last year, like was there any kind of um, sense of dread in a way? Or I think with gladiators, it definitely like would have contributed a lot. Just for what it's worth, I kind of like missed the second half of the gladiators season, so I actually can't talk to too deeply into like what people were feeling as the team tumbled into oblivion um so because I, I, I wasn't there so i'm not 100 yeah. percent sure but i definitely think that like you know throughout the year we were on gladiators and gladiators was the team that you know at the beginning of the year the guard fired absolutely every, the parent organization the guard fired absolutely everybody so already we knew we were completely fucked you know like internally they said to us we have no intent of exiting the overwatch league You're, you guys are going to be fine for years to come you know they gave us like the corpo bullshit basically right. saying like yeah everything's fine just keep keep working along slaves but um you know we, we're not completely brain dead so we knew like we're fucked at the end of the year. There's no future here, and I think that definitely contributed to people, um, to people losing a bit of motivation and getting a bit down on everything because it's like, ah, oh, we're we're kind of just here for nothing. And then like throughout the year at Gladiators, like they took, they took more and more away from the team. You know, there's like budget cuts to the food, stuff like that. All the content is gone. There's you know there there was basically just nothing left by the end. So I think that definitely contributed to people losing motivation. And then I just flipped over to London Spitfire. They just <laughs> they just welcomed me with open arms after we got knocked out because I came back to Gladiators for the very final week of their season. And then I just went over to the London house 10 minutes down the door, uh, 10 minutes down the oh, road. Oh, they were 10 minutes down the street? Wow, that's kind of sad. Yeah, no, they're really, they're really close. So I just went to the London house the day after we got knocked out and started <laughs> hanging about with them instead. It was actually so like a cockroach or something, just going from one <laughs> team to another. Um, then... They didn't seem to have that much negativity, you know? They had the perspective that um that things were probably fucked going into the next year. But at the same time, there was just a little bit more like, we're just happy to be here kind of thing. You know, they were more just appreciative for the situation that they were in rather than sad that it was going to be over, was my perspective. So I think that like for London, it didn't really affect them negatively at all because they, they were just happy to be there. They just wanted to play Ryan. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that was the talk I had with Hardy as well. It's just like, we're just chilling. We're just vibing out, yeah. playing Ryan, just like, yeah, just doing our own thing. Like, I think that's the best way to be in those kind of times, you know? Like, it definitely felt strange. I can, well, from my personal uh, perspective, like, it did feel kind of weird going into that event and, like, that whole, like, last year. I'm like, oh, man. Going into the studio, like, every weekend, I was like, holy shit, this is sick. Like, and then as weeks go by, you're like, oh, God, there aren't many days left. They were like, oh, yeah. the last weekend. And I went into the last weekend and I was like, Oh God! This is our last weekend in the studio. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> the actual last week at work yeah, before it all like, just closes up. What the fuck? And then obviously we had the grand finals and stuff, and yeah, that felt yeah, that felt kind of kind of messed up. But, but I yeah. mean, uh, enough. Honestly, okay, enough about sad boy hours like at the end of the league and stuff. <laughs> I, I did want to ask, like, what was your main kind of highlight from you working in the Overwatch League? Do you have like a one big moment you look back to and you're like, "Okay, this is um, was it the Hunter Gay Sex moment?" Is that the no. It, I, I can't even remember what match that was for. Must have been a good win, though, because I was just yeah. humping away, like, <laughs> yeah. furiously. I'm not sure if that was, like, mid-season madness win or what, but, but 
I think probably like the best moment for me, it was 2021 on Atlanta Reign when we um we beat the Los Angeles Gladiators um in the playoffs because we were in the lower bracket and we knew if we beat Gladiators we were going to run the whole bracket like we were just going to run everyone's shit because we'd converted everyone except to, except for Gladiators in North America to Rhine comps and we were the best Rhine team in the world so it was like if we could get past the team that was hard countering Rhine we were we were going to run the lower bracket all the way to grand finals and we really thought we were going to lose to Glads because Glads just had a hard comp diff. Like they, we were playing Ryan, they were playing like ball, bap, zen, sigma shit. And it was so hard to play Ryan into that stuff back then. People were like, oh, you got 4 0 by Shanghai in the grand finals. It's like, yeah, cunt, you try play fucking Ryan into Shanghai's <laughs> comp in the grand finals, dude. Like you guys have no fucking clue how off meta we were. It was actually unbelievable. How did you manage yeah, to uh, beating Glad. Um, Everyone was shit at ball. You know, everyone yeah, was pretty right. shit at wrecking ball. So. It was basically like lots of teams had the choice of we can grind out Wrecking Ball and make that work and try to play the, the APAC meta, or we can just square up in the mirror on Ryan and just see how far we can go. And it was like Dallas wound up putting heaps of time into Ryan. Um, Washington Justice wound up putting heaps of time into Ryan. It's like these were all teams that had like really, like I felt like really high potential on dive, but like one problem, you know, like one Winston one trick couldn't play ball, basically, you know, fearless mag. Uh, and because they wound up squaring up in a Ryan mirror instead, it was like, it goes from a challenging match versus a counter comp to just something really fucking easy because all, all we had to do was just load into the lobby and beat them, basically. Like, we were just playing something that we were absolutely the best at, so there was just no doubt. Um, but the Glads match was, like, super, super intense. We really thought we were going to lose, have, like, insane clutches throughout the series. Final map, insanely close. Shoe throws the series. Skewed throws the series. Space throws the series. And we're just fucking screaming, cheering. It was the, it was the greatest moment ever because it was, like, we really... Winning like a sixth place match made us know that we were going to grand finals. Like it was really unreal. I mean, the dugout must have been fucking crazy at that time. There's no such thing as a crazy Atlanta dugout, dude. Like everyone's so like, Brad was just sitting there like having a nervous breakdown with his knees bouncing <laughs> no. everywhere. Like it's legit RC. He's like, he's drinking his seventh Coke because he had like a ritual that like if you, if you crack a can of Coca-Cola before every map, we're more likely to win or something. So the guy was just like, giving himself diabetes in the dugout to try and make us win. Like, I don't know. It was a very superstitious team. What the <laughs> it was really, like lighting it was so, sage and so stuff. There's six dumb. candles in a, it's like a perfect <laughs> line. They're, the trying to like, they're trying to manifest a win in the dugout. It was unbelievable. That's some crazy yeah. shit. I mean, I've heard of like pre-match rituals and like shit like that, but that's a little insane. It sounded like ZP with like his coke addiction as well. Like he's just he's just downs diet coke. Let's let's like clarify the coke addiction here. You know? Oh yeah, yeah no, no. Coca Cola, yeah, as <laughs> in the drink, yeah, not yeah, the. Yeah. <laughs> Is his name legit RC? I, every time I hear his name, it just remember reminds me of RC Cola. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I always just like to call him Race Car, but you know, to to each their own. Yeah, okay. I don't know what the RC stands yeah, for. Yeah, I have no so idea. Race Car will do for me. Where did your name come from? Speaking of which, it's my last name. My last name right. is Winter Wurtzaka, so yeah. Okay, didn't know that. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's just the first Where does that name know. originate from? That's quite a unique one. It's it's Austrian. It's it's my old man's name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got a part European just, like, in nabbed you. it off a cousin. Yeah, yeah, a good a good full half, you know? And then the other half, me mom's Italian, so it's like a, it's like a full-blown, actually. Wait, you're <laughs> just European? Wait a second. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, like a lot of Australians are just like you know they're migrants, right? Yeah. So like you know, my dad's a first gen migrant, my mom's a second gen migrant. So, damn, that's a mad. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the craziest ones I've ever heard, especially in like sports and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's 
it's like unfortunately long you know it's just annoying yeah. you know you say anyone reads it and they're like oh can you say it for me oh did i say it right like shut, shut the <laughs> like, i don't want to do it yeah it's just answer yeah. actually okay that makes yeah, that, that works actually makes me. a lot of sense did you have you always used that tag as well or has there been any no, it's it's pretty much been that since I was like really young. I like I saw it, it was like my cousin's um it was like my cousin's World of Warcraft login. Like oh, yeah. I was like seven years old and I was at his house and I saw that and I was like, I like that. That works for me too. I'm gonna copy that. And yeah, I think I took it a little further than he did in the video gaming space. Wow, dom- dominating your car- cousin. Quite literally. Yeah, but you know, he's like married with kid, so Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> in in general life he's winning, but like, you know, esports and gaming, yeah, W. W Yeah, no. In like internet podcasting and video game coaching like i'm just blowing him out of the fucking water so <laughs> you're playing well right now a new classic season discovery right um i i'm not really like a classic player but i i started it like 15 minutes ago you know before the before we started this episode okay, just because i've kind of got like nothing to do at one in the morning in Riyadh. so yeah I, I just started the season of discovery and it's like oh wow i haven't i haven't played this and been in this environment since i was seven years old so you know it's, it's a little bit of nostalgia or something but i don't want to get too deep into like the wow classic grind because um yeah, I mean, I might just piss my whole life away. This is the time where you're supposed to like be productive and get a new job post Overwatch League, yep. not not get addicted to classic. So, Dude, yeah. I I'm on the exact same boat where I'm like, I have to be doing seven different things in like various spaces and all this kind of stuff in order for me to feel like some sort of like gratification in my life right now. Because I'm like, oh god, like this is a long and weird off season. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, and I do. That's why I'm not playing RuneScape right now. Oscar RuneScape. So I'm not touching that. Because I know I'll just like piss hours away just playing that shit and playing Iron Man. I, it would be disgusting. I think it's fair enough, you know, because like there's always, there's like a guilty pleasure time sink that you can just give your life away to. But at the same time, if you're in a period of uncertainty, you know, as, as tempting as it might be to get into that time sink, you might also like, you might also want to focus a little bit on getting a job. Yeah, <laughs> so... focus on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You never know. Have you got any like hopes, yeah. obviously, for the Overwatch space coming on? Because... Everybody's very doomer about it, but I don't know how you feel. Um, I think I'm a bit doomer about like the coaches, so that's that's me, unfortunately. Um, but I think for players, it'll be pretty good, at least for the players that I've been like interacting with over the past few years, you know, because I think like most of the teams that I've been on, there's been like some really talented players, and I think they'll all be just fine. You know, the the up and comers in tier two as well, they'll like meld into the tier uh, tier one really seamlessly. I think I'm mostly Duma for, like, the Korean scene, to be honest, because I think they're the right. ones that just get fucked the hardest. Because, like, with Overwatch League being in North America, lots and lots and lots of Korean people get jobs paying pretty decent money over here in NA. But now that the scenes go domestic, all of those Koreans have to go home. And there's not going to be that much money up for grabs outside of prizing, and they're all going to have to compete for that. Like, there's just too, there's too many Koreans that are good at the game, you know? I don't know if I would go as far as to say that Koreans ruin, Koreans ruin Overwatch <laughs> League, but Koreans are definitely like, you know, because they're way, way, way better at Overwatch yeah. uh, on average, I'd say. There's just like, there's too many good Koreans, you know, like every flex support player is a fucking Korean player. Um, it's going to be way more competitive for them to actually earn a decent income playing the game. Whereas if you're in North America or if you're in Europe, I feel like there's going to be like at most two or three teams that are competitive tier one, you know? There's just going to be a couple of teams that farm up all the money and all of those players will be just fine and probably happy with the situation. And then everyone else, uh, everyone else doesn't earn that much, but like, whatever. Do you think there'll be imports and stuff too? Because it just kind of, if it does go domestic with like, mm. we'll say like a Korea, China maybe, right? Um, North America, Europe. Like if you look at League, this is a conversation we had on Plat Chat. It might just be like imports or like an import rule potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think that might be like an import rule. Uh, 
for like you know the contenders type tournaments, but because nothing has been announced about what's happening yeah, yet. Yeah, right, like, right. There's no org involvement for the longest time, you know. Like if it's an import, it's like a dude playing online. When you're playing on 150, 180 ping, like you're so disadvantaged already that like the fact that you're an import barely matters anymore, you know. Like you can take a Korean player and put them on high ping, and they might look, they might look equal skilled to the American player. But in reality, you know, they might be much better. But if no one's flying them out, getting them a visa, sitting them down yeah. in NA, like what, what's the point, you know? So you really need like some org involvement. I mean, the Sorry. visa, oh, there it is. The visa, uh... <laughs> what's up, Arnie? Yeah, the visa is always a big problem for literally everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think if there was org involvement and there was like some serious announcements about what's actually happening next year, it would it would be way easier to say what's going to happen, right? Yeah, but right. right now there's zero organizations and zero tournaments announced other than fucking flash ops on the internet. So like, yeah, right. I don't see people getting imported to another country for that. As it's it not for flash ops. I don't think so. There was that yeah. there was that crazy Korean contenders. Oh, not Korean contenders. North American contenders team that was all in, uh, that was all Koreans. That what are they called? 120 ms or something? And they were like, oh, I, yeah, it? it was like 220 MS because I like to just lie about their ping number for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember that team did pretty well. I think it had like Venom. And yeah, some like good on players it. Like, on it. Yeah, no, that, that, that was a pretty legit team. But again, like they weren't even coming like, I don't think they came top three. Maybe no. they came fourth, you know, like the ping is such a huge handicap. I forgot to talk about coaches um, from the Duma perspective. Yeah, I think coaches are like way more fucked than the players though, because like the players can farm up all that money from all these local tournaments where they're just way better than the competition. Like you've got the you got like your Kevses and stuff that are just gonna they're just gonna like they're they're gonna fuck in the local scene. You know they're gonna go back to Europe and they're gonna be shooting Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck walking straight lines. <laughs> like they're gonna do really, they're gonna do really well. But um, if that's free money for them already, a lot of these players like they don't really want coaches, you know, and like. To pay right. a coach, no org, you need to take it out of your own pocket, right? Like, you need to give up prize money. And I think that's, like, a bit more of a difficult compromise if people are, like, super confident that they're already the best. Like, if people have been developed in Tier 1 for years and they feel like, oh, I'm really good now, I don't need a coach anymore, then coaches don't get paid anymore. You know, maybe there's, like, one or two coaches um, coaching these top teams and getting a little bit of prize money. But I think it's it's almost guaranteed to be earning less and, you know, less secure than what it was when you're in Overwatch League and you get a year-long contract getting a wage yeah i mean so i'm a doomer i'm a doomer for myself but it, less so for the players it makes sense no it does because it's always like the players are going to get the money for the players in the org potentially if they've got an org get the money first and then obviously yeah the staff behind it so yeah i mean it does make a whole lot of sense I, obviously it kind of sucks like it's i can see why you're like maybe an extra level of doomer uh, about the whole situation yeah i think um if, if orgs are involved then coaches are like they're just way better off immediately yeah, orgs for sure. want coaches, you know. Orgs want someone that is like, you know, perhaps older, perhaps more mature. I'm not sure if I count in a mature base. But um, you know, basically they want someone to be there that isn't just the players, you know, yeah. running the team and keeping things in check. So I think once orgs are involved, it's a lot easier to have a job as a coach, because you know, typically orgs orgs want coaches. Yeah, they need but, someone um, to corral just the players. players to... Pretty much, yeah. You know. It's good to have someone at the top, and if it's just a player-run team all the time, and there is no management figure, then or coach, essentially, it, it gets a little more. Yeah. And right now, there are no orgs, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, mm. hey, time will tell. Christmas is around the corner. Yeah. It's December first, but there's the timestamp for the video. It's December first. It's. Uh... <laughs> it's December first. Yeah, I know. It's it's insane how quickly the year passes, man. I was thinking about this the other day because obviously you've been in the Overwatch scene since Contenders and, you know, even before that kind of thing. I've been casting Overwatch for seven years in like two mm -hmm. weeks or something. 
Like my first like official event. Oh wow. Whatever. And which is crazy. And like I'm like, where the fuck has the time gone? I'm, like 30, bro. Where the fuck? What the fuck's happened? It's yeah, no, it's it's really like a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Like I I started playing Overwatch when I was um I want to say like in my first year of university, you know, maybe first very beginning second year of university. I started playing like some I went to a friend's house, played on his computer like some silver ranked game or something. Yeah. Like, wow, this is fun as fuck. I'm going to get into this. Um and then suddenly I'm 26 and I've been working this as a full-time job for like four years. And it's right. like, where the fuck did my life go? <laughs> like it's, it really, it got away from me real fast. Um, I, I started and I was like, so when I started competing, I was so explicit that it was like, that this is a joke. And like, I'm going to stop when, you know, when I finish university, I'm just going to go get a job and I'm going to stop it. And then it's like, <laughs> by the time I'd finished university, I had a job offer in the game. And it was like, why would I take the real job when I can take the fake job, you know? Like, I, I yeah. love the fake jobs. Yeah, so, hey, so why, why not? Why would I take the real job? You just got to ride yeah. it while it lasts, you know? And that, that's one of the big things too, with esports at least, it's not riding while it lasts. That sounds kind of bad, but it's just like, well, you're probably never going to get this opportunity again, so... Okay. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I rationalized it, you know? Yeah. It's like, I can, get a, <laughs> I can get a job with my degree any time in my life. Exactly. But, um, can I get a Can I get a job watching people play Overwatch and talking funny about it? Probably not. You know, this is probably a one and done. So might as well strike while the iron's hot. My headset's been playing up over the last few days. Sorry, hang on. My dude, this the battery system. I think it's broken. Apologies, I can't hear you. But I did want to ask actually, what um what what's your degree? What did you uh, What did you study? Uh, I did I did a Bachelor of Science in Pharmacology. So oh. Like, pharmaceutical science basically but um yeah it's it's totally worthless you know like it's just, <laughs> i don't think that's not... that worthless a pharmacology... people say people always say people always say that but it's like you know if i want to be like a pharmacist or something I go back and do a master's like i need to study more oh, right. um, i think it's more like a at this point with how my interests have developed since starting undergrad and completing it it's more like evidence that i can learn and i'm capable of finishing a university degree than actually like a direct feed into any real science-y job. That's, so. I feel like that's every degree nowadays. Unless you're like going yeah, on I to guess. do a master's and stuff, like it's just getting your foot in the door. It's like, oh, I've got a degree though. Like I paid all this money, got yeah. a degree. Actually, do you pay student loans in Australia? How's you, it? you pay a bit, but it's like, you know, it's like 13,000 US dollars for the whole it's not. It's not all that much. For the whole thing? Or is that per year? Yeah, like this is about, this oh, is about that for the whole thing. Yeah, it's not a lot. Bro, we got scanned. You don't have to pay it up for I th okay, <laughs> Australia is at the bottom then for cost, then it's the UK, then it's America then. It's like my student loan, although our student loans get written off when we're like 55 or something. Oh, it goes away. It just disappears, yeah. Like it goes away. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's pretty sick. But my loans, yeah. my loan actually, I was just on the cutoff of when they changed the student loan. So I got the higher rate compared to everybody else. My like friend that was doing uh, the same degree as me just before I did, a year before me, he pays like he paid like twenty grand or something, and I paid fifty. <laughs> I got, oh wow, that's a yeah, that's a pretty significant difference. Yeah, yeah, I got fucked a little bit, but it's just like I've only just started paying it off. It's kind of insane. Well, I only pay like two hundred dollars. What you study? Uh, computer games, programming, and design. Okay, so, so you can you can you code or something like what's your uh, not anymore. what's your hard skill off the back uh, of it not okay, anymore. So yeah off. it's it, i fell off i fell off really hard actually um <laughs> it's, it is what it is and like i went through the degree i enjoyed like the design aspect and i enjoyed i enjoyed programming to a certain extent but then i was like and then i found casting i was like wait this is so 
<laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. Let no, me just make all the documentation fun, while my group, pro uh, my project mate, Alex at the time, how about you make the game? <laughs> like, what, uh, trade, trade offer. You make the game, I make all the documentation, I do all the pre presentations and everything else as well because I can speak in front of camera. So, <laughs> oh, so you're getting, you're getting like casting practice the whole time. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I was literally yeah, yeah. doing all the presentations and all the documentation, everything else, and I was presenting and well, I did some of the game to be fair, like the our final year project. I didn't do nearly as much. I see, I see. Well, it worked out, baby. And I got a degree in it, yeah. so maybe that works for later on in the future? I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe in like your mid-30s or something, it, it pays a huge dividend for you. Exactly. Yeah, maybe it pays knows? off. If not, then I'm just homeless somewhere. I don't know, bro. I don't know where esports is taking me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, now it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Nobody knows where they're headed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do, I do wonder, especially after the, over the next couple of years, how like Overwatch ends up panning out, because... I don't know if you follow like any other scenes or anything, but Apex just announced they're doing like this partnership program with their teams for ALGS. So it's like TSM and uh, uh, Luminosity and like a ton of other teams that have like been in the game previously. Um, mm -hmm. Now they're getting this partnership. They're getting like a stipend, some financial uh, incentives. I I'm assuming that means make content or like do something, not sure. And then in-game microtransactions are going to get uh, put forward for them as well. So they'll get a little bit of that. and. Yeah. I was like, everybody is now like, okay, actually, this partnership model goes crazy. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, I feel like that stuff can be really good for all of the teams. I don't know how much revenue it actually winds up generating, but it's like, Overwatch has just done such a bad job at that sort of shit. Like, even they tried to do, like, a big crowdfund for the World Cup, and it was just, like, the worst promoted ever, you know? Like, when they do the Dota TI Pendium stuff, it's like, everyone wants to buy that shit you know like you actually right. get sick rewards from it and they promote it so heavily like everyone is with the overwatch world cup stuff it's like you, you boot up the launcher and it's like you can't even find it you know? they make one skin contribute to the prize pool yeah and they barely promo it you know like the day of the finals they talk about a stretch goal where you can get a little icon hanging off your gun it's like it, it's all too late and so poorly promoted you know i feel like overwatch is like definitely a tier below in terms of integrating esports into their product because someone somewhere doesn't doesn't seem to give a shit about it but maybe maybe i'm just like too negative about it all it just feels like i mean the integration is pretty crap there were definitely man there were definitely negatives around like promoting it as well i, I will say that because when you go into the launcher we were talking about oh hey like we talked about this on platchat but like oh you could have a tracker you could have like a thing at the top that says oh this much has been contributed already it doesn't have to be the exact Literally, if there was just a big fuck off bar that said this much money until the next goal more people would buy it you know yeah right like, and like oh, the, yeah. these bundles contribute towards the World Cup stuff because that was one of my main gripes is you go into the, sto uh, into the store and then you, you saw the bundles, but the only thing that told you that there was a, like, oh, World Cup funding or whatever was like a little icon. A little bit, a yeah, little, little was... text, a little bit if you actually read into it and it was just like, okay, well, can't this be more like Overwatch fun like funding the World Cups are like just, I don't know, big text like you said or something because... Yeah, and then yeah, no one wasn't, knew. Wasn't, wasn't happening. It, no one knew what goals <laughs> we stretch goals we reached either. Obviously, the other day they just announced, or a couple of days ago they said, "Oh, we got the everybody got the icon." Or no, not the icons, the Ooh. charms or whatever. I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's yeah. sick." But like, okay, where was that? Like a few weeks ago. <laughs> was, yeah, where, where was that when we were raising money? You know, like generating hype to to actually yeah. increase the prize pool. I mean, the skin was sick, nah, and I, I like so. the banners. I think they were kind of cool, like having team banners and stuff. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, yeah just. Little misses, I think, contributed to like it kind of being a little bit of a letdown. But then I don't think there were too many people working on the World Cup. 
to, to begin with. Uh, I would imagine yeah. it was quite a small team, so yeah. Disappointing. It feels like the dev team is it must be smaller at this point you know like they can i see a lot of like public complaint about how like blizzard pays a bit low like lower than industry average and stuff like that and lots of people quitting uh the developer side so i guess it's understandable but again like when there's like lots of small misses like that it's just a bit more frustrating when it's like this is already such an established thing you know it's like we are not the first game to do a crowd crowdfunded prize pool based on in-game incentives you know like there's a really clear framework of how you can do this to make it successful with other titles already so like how do you fuck it up this badly you know how do you make it something where you just you can't find the skins? No one knows how much is being raised. There is no hype. There's no promotion. You know, it's like someone just mustn't fucking care at, at that stage. You know, it's got to promote. Though the people directly, though the people directly working on it are like super passionate. You yeah. Know? Like you go to the World they Cup are. and you see um, you know, like War Chief Fernando. I don't know. I don't know what his preferred naming is in public, but you know, like he's super passionate about the product and actually makes for like a really really good really good event. But, you know, it's, I'm not sure, like, behind the scenes how much people seem to actually care about things like the World Cup and Overwatch esports. Right. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of esports heads that you meet. And they're not really that publicly facing. Some of them are, some of them aren't. But, like, you can see the passion. Like, Bailey on Twitter, like, they're super mm-hmm. passionate about esports and, like, World Cup and, yeah. like, all this other stuff. And it's just like, oh, that's really sick. You know, Fernando, like you said. And it's just kind of like, this is really cool. But, like, just the Play Overwatch Twitter account, please. Please, I'm begging you. Just tweet. Yeah, just one time. Just, just one time. Just tweet. Just tweet a few times. How much money we've got for the next tier or whatever. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, the World Cup was fun overall. I think. I think it was an enjoyable experience for most. Although I will say, obviously, the biggest meme about the whole World Cup I found was the the cutting away from World Cup to the main stage of like BlizzCon the opening. Oh ceremony. yes, yes. And it made sense in a way. It's just like okay. We do need to broadcast the opening ceremony, but like, please, on one channel, please just leave the game up. Like, it was just like, man. Yeah, it seemed like they just didn't have the means to do that, you know? Like, the, yeah. there was one broadcast channel and it was all for the mainstream. So there was no like sub stream for the games. It was kind of funny really, and... sitting in that with a, with Connor and the companion stream. It was like, well, I guess we're watching the opening ceremony, which I wanted to watch to begin with anyway, but I'm like, I kind of want to watch the other game, like the games happening. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> we were like sitting in the crowd and we're like peering, we're like standing up in the stands, peering over to see like, oh, they get, I think they're getting full cap right now. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> yeah. we can like see the, you can see the corners of New Queen Street and we're like, oh yeah, Canada's getting fucked. Something's, something's happening. I think Canada's yeah. getting rolled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You like you look at their body language and it's like, oh, yeah, this is a career win, I think. Yeah, a double year. Um, speaking about World Cup, then, like, obviously, uh, Saudi ended up winning. Was that like a big surprise? I yeah. don't know if you like scrim them or what was the kind of general sentiment um, going into the event. Oh, we, I mean, I we, we scrimmed, <laughs> we scrimmed them, but I mean, we're Team Australia, so we, we're right. in a, we're gonna get fucked by a lot of teams when we scrim them. You know, <laughs> like, like we're a bit of a tier below in Saudi. You know, like the top, basically the top eight, right? So. There's basically, <laughs> we didn't know that Saudi were going to win based on scrims. I think that Saudi was like criminally underrated going into the event, right? Because there's just like, there's been a lot of really good players in Saudi for a long time, and then like you know up and comers like people like Quartz and Lebda, where it's like they're really really skilled, and everyone thinks that they're shit because they don't compete internationally. So I think yeah, that Quartz they were definitely like really a slept on team. Oh, I mean, I think I think Quartz is the best best player in the world, like 100. Yeah. percent People like Lip and Shy, like maybe they um maybe they go even on Surgeon. Maybe they're all like a similar level on Surgeon, but Quartz is like the new generation player, you know? Like Quartz on Bastion versus those other two on Bastion, it's not even close. It's not even the same universe. Right. And like Quartz is, Quartz is an 18 year old school kid, you know? Like that guy is going to continue to grow and get better and better. Lip and Shy, like these guys are on 
I'm not saying they're washed, right? But th these guys are on like the back ends of their careers, right? Like the new heroes are going to come out, the role is going to change more and more. They're going to struggle to keep up compared to someone like Quartz, I would say. I think Quartz is more like, you know, the future, the new generation Overwatch 2. Yes. Whereas Lip and Shy, these are like the front runners from Overwatch 1, yeah. staying at the top because they were so far ahead before. Um, so I think that like Quartz was just like insanely underrated going into the event. But the whole team was underrated too. Still, I didn't think they were going to win. I thought I thought USA was probably going to be better in the mirror. But I think I think USA must have just had like a bunch of chokers on their roster. Like it, it had to be something like that because like their performances were so fucking bad. It in, was like, both yeah. of those matches. Like they they've got like really really high talent on the roster. I, I don't know if it's actually the same talent level as Saudi because it turns out Saudi was insanely skilled. But it was just crazy to see how hard USA flopped. And I I thought USA were probably my favorites. But I. I guess China losing the grand final as well. I feel like there was an element of choke in that too. You know? Like China, they're up 2-0. They had like many opportunities to close yeah. it out. Oh, and they just like, God. they're just hard stuck second place at the World Cup. You know, it's like yeah. leave. He, every time he saw an opportunity to win the game, he was like, oh, actually, I think I like second place. Let's, let's die again. <laughs> let's just yeah. randomly die. Just lose this team. Let's just random. Thoughts on that? I mean, to be fair, like the, the random deaths versus the Saudi double flex comp, like it's pretty understandable. Like there's, it's really fucking hard to play. Yeah, it's that really hard to play that. Yeah, I mean, like China was just playing like the highest skill cap comp ever. Yeah. You know, they finally got punished for it after stomping through the bracket. It was a good event. I, I I did really enjoy the finals. I think as well the Korea China matches. Korea China was that another reverse sweep? Man, there was yeah the, Korea the China. whole day, the whole final day, the whole final day was insane. Yeah, like, um, it was the most like just the best day of Overwatch ever. Yeah, one of the best days ever. And yeah. like, yeah, I remember that Korea-China match because I tweeted out, I was like, this is potentially one of the best games ever broadcasted. Like, yeah. it was just so unbelievably, like, high level. It was insane. And obviously, them yeah. finals was just like, well, I fucking sadly reverse sweep because they're fucking just beasts. It was, oh, man. Yeah. It was The, the whole crazy. day was, it's like four map fives. You get to see yeah. the best, like, one of the best dive mirrors in the world, one of the best sig mirrors in the world. And the best, like, SIG V counter comp, you know? Like, it was just, you, you got to see everything in the matchup. Like, all of the matches had, like, a different matchup that was really fun to watch. And at the same time, like, alter map five. Yeah. So cool. So, so good. It was a sick day. And that's like, I had hey, COVID and was half asleep. Uh, oh, fuck. Oh, you had COVID? <laughs> yeah, everyone got COVID. It was... <laughs> yeah, I know some of the talent got COVID too. Huh? Well, I wasn't yeah. there, so. Ah, I'm ah. chilling in LA. Licking too many windows. Uh, yeah, clearly, definitely. Some of the talent members. I mean, Scott for sure. Shaking hands, kissing babies. That guy was. I mean, yeah, World Cup was sick. And I'm saying, like, dude, Overwatch esports is fucking beautiful. Like, if you just watch, like, how teams play and, like, you just watch those games, you're like, how could you not love Overwatch esports? Like, even just as a more casual viewer, I'm like, these are the best motherfuckers in the world. And you're seeing them, like, clash head to head, map fives, reverse sweeps. Like, this is what Overwatch is about. Like, come on, esports. Yeah. Well, you were asking me about like the the Toronto like art. Oh, did you feel that sense of like finality and sadness yeah. and stuff? I actually felt that way more at the World Cup. Really? Um, because yeah, because that was like the actual last event that I had like lined up. You know, it's like this is the last thing that I know I'm going to endure, and after this I don't know. And it was kind of like a like a little like a little completion of a loop for me. You know? I quite get that in the camera, but it, I was like finishing a loop for me because yeah. in 2019 I went to the World Cup as a player, and then in 2023 I went to the World Cup as the coach of the same team. Um, to achieve basically the to achieve basically the exact same result too, um, and it was just like it was coming full circle basically. And I thought, ah, you know, it's it started like this. It's it, maybe it's ending like this too. Not actually entirely sure whether it is the end now, but um, yeah. you know, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of the Doomer perspective that I've already given you about what's going on going forward.
Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, especially in that rut, because I think a lot of casters get that way too, especially even at the end of like last year, the year before, like it's still like, holy crap, what happens next? You know, you're just waiting with bated breath, like what's going to happen? Even though if you kind of know Watch League is going to be a thing, or obviously with this in this case, like probably not, right? Like it's um, it's always a weird, difficult time of year, but this year feels extra like, whoa. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no. This year is kind of like you know doubling it in terms of uncertainty because now the the employer has actually disappeared. So we're just waiting for someone else to swing on by and be like, "Hey, you want your job? Yeah, you want a job? Is there anything you could go into if you say what esports like didn't happen? What what would be your plan? Like, or what would you want to go into? I mean, I I think. I could continue to do the coaching stuff with with what I'm doing right now, you know. Like I'm I'm in I'm in Saudi Arabia right now with Twisted Minds, right? So I think that is probably something to carry on, unless it turns out that the team didn't really get along with me and I and I don't get um get reoffered. So I think I still have that in the back pocket. And I did consider like you know now um we're doing like myself, Christopher, Commander X, we're doing like this podcasting yeah. crap, you know, just like uh xavier xavier asked to do like a podcast type thing and um i've had like you know maybe potential chance of doing like some desk analyst type stuff here for the for the saudi e-leagues so i thought you know maybe that's something worth exploring um on the talent side but i don't think that like jumping from from coach to talent is like the (laughs) it's like jumping from one unsustainable career to another you know what i mean like all the talent right now is already established and me jumping into that it's like i could give it a go and i think i could be okay at it but um I'm not entirely sure, like, you know, am I just wasting my time trying? Um, so I think, you know, my passion is probably, like, still more in the coaching than anything else. But I guess, you know, I might have a crack at something uh, more geared towards, like, the, the desk analysis casting type yeah. shit. You know, like, coming up in December, I'm going to do, like, you know, co-streamy casts of the Flash Ops games with like, stuff like that, you know, just to um to have more than one thing uh, under the belt as having attempted it. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And see how I go. But, you know, like, We'll see how it goes. I don't really have a concrete plan. If it, but if it wasn't esports though, what is there anything you could oh. kind of? What yeah. like yeah. would it be pharmacology <laughs> or are you just like? Uh, no, probably probably not. Probably not. To be honest, I think like to get a job in that field, you know, I'd be I'd be getting some job as a lab technician. And be like, yeah, I feel like the last four years of your work experience isn't super applicable yeah. to sitting in the lab in the coat pipetting. So you know, m- maybe there's like a requirement for some further study for something like that. Maybe I just wind up working some like some average IT related job, you know, like every every person in the universe that wraps up in esports winds up working on a computer in one way or another. So I I, I don't have a clue what, what the future career path is like. I mean, that's very. Wind fair. Up sitting behind my computer one way or another. Yeah, I mean, hey, I don't think a lot of people in esports think about that. To be fair, as well, like going into a different career path completely outside of esports because you it it it's not. I don't know if it's all-consuming. Is that the right way to put it? But it does very much feel like that because every time I step out of like esports, I like go back home and like, visit my mum and dad and stuff like that, or I see my brother or whatever. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of shit going on outside esports. Like, uh, yeah, now, yeah, we're in our own little bubble, you know, our own little sphere. I'm just like, this is really weird. Yeah. It's I think weird that to step outside. every time I see the you see the family at Christmas or something like that, and it's like, oh wow, yeah, everyone's life really is continuing forward. You know, everyone's career is a change like that. But for me, my feeling is mostly like you know, if you're not um, if you're not hopeless, you can always you, know, you can always change career, you can always find something you can do, and I'm happy to like for as long as I'm involved in esports, I'm happy to you know like give it my all, so to speak. 
I don't really want to like do a simultaneous, oh yeah, I'm coaching in esports, but I'm also studying, but I'm also working this job at the same time. Um, unless it's it's something that's like financially required, you know, like I, yeah, the exactly. only way that I can work in esports is um, by working two jobs. But if esports is paying a full-time wage, I'd like to give the full effort to esports, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something that requires a lot of like passion and effort to actually stay involved and to stay competitive in. So if you tap out and you just half-ass it, like what's even the involved, to yeah. be honest? Same with casting too. If you if you half ass it, casters will know. Like other casters will be like, "You motherfucker are not doing your work," or like, "You you are you know you're bad right now." Like you got to stop being bad. Like you got to like step yeah. up your game and shit. Like it's it's very obvious for other casters to see that in other ones. And yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I, I feel like casting too. seems really really competitive. Um, it is with all of that stuff. You know, it's like very very forward facing like such a such a limited number of jobs so yeah the, well the limit is ridiculous when you think about it like especially over the last few years when covid happened like everybody wanted to cast and like everybody was like trying to get into it and stuff and you saw a lot of new people come up and it was like okay so a few of you are pretty good like but it's like a million people and there's like jobs and it's just yeah genuinely you see that and it's like wow look at all look at all these people casting like all these other tournaments it's like wow you're great it's like there's still no job for it doesn't matter like yeah. this yeah it's just no you don't know the right person basically yeah you don't know the right person or you just don't have the experience and like yeah it's it's really it's a very weird field and honestly i'd feel strange going into a normal job now i'd be like what the hell like you reckon yeah definitely if i was like in a normal nine five or like you know whatever hours or whatever i did i'd feel a bit weird because i'm like maybe you know I, i'm quite competitive as a lot of people are in esports but it would be just such a different environment for me that I would just feel a little bit out of place, I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd, I feel that too. I just wouldn't want to want to work a nine-to-five if I have the option of working yeah. a silly competitive oh, yeah, gaming definitely. job, basically. You, you know, you, you definitely get to have like a lot of, uh, a lot of creative license in this sort of work. So it's, it's nice to have like this level of freedom, even if you're occasionally held hostage by the fact that the lawyer disappears off the face of the earth. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's a really, really good space to work in. If, yeah. Would, uh, would you go back to Australia then? Is that the kind of, well, after yeah, the Saudi yeah. League, I'm there? Yeah, I mean, I've already, uh, I've already gone back like once, you know, like, uh, after World Cup and stuff, I went home for a while um, until E-Leagues. Because E-Leagues is pretty short. You know, you come here for like two, three weeks. Yeah. You go back home again. So, yeah, I'll pro- probably be just living out of Australia until, uh, well, maybe indefinitely, maybe until there's like some sort of cool international esports job opportunity that opens up. You know, it's, right. And I don't know what's coming next year. So it's kind of so. exactly. I mean, I yeah. weirdly enough, I wouldn't say I'm in tune with Australian politics, but there's this guy on YouTube that I watch sometimes called Friendly Geordies. Do you watch? He, why do you watch Friendly Geordies? I don't like? know. I don't know. It's just it's just <laughs> interesting to me, I guess. And the whole the whole like. <laughs> just the whole like bullshit that happens a lot like it with australian politics is just interesting because i'm just completely removed from that and like he's very funny as well like obviously he's a comedian right so i'm like, i don't know yeah. it's just interesting and his house got firebombed and shit and i i really like the videos of when they did yeah. the gambling thing and the taking not taking down the pokies but you know the whole like gambling commission's a little bit suspect and all this kind of shit it's just yeah. very interesting to me i mean there, but... there's some there's some sus stuff with that in australia like how you know like in, in sydney the nightlife closes really early unless you're in the zoning district where the casino yeah. is so you know more people get pushed towards the casino and shit like that but um yeah i used to watch a lot of friendly geordies 
basically. But um, I stopped watching him after a while, maybe because I moved overseas, maybe because I got like right. politically disenfranchised. And he's also he's also sponsored by one of the political parties, I think. I'm pretty sure he's a Labour Party shill, which yeah. is the party that I vote for. But um, oh. <laughs> I, I vote for those people. But um, but yeah. Uh, I, either way, like I'm pretty sure he's a Labour Party shill. Yeah, I mean, so that, that he does talk about him a lot. Opinions. To be fair, I, I wouldn't say I'm too affected because I'm not Australian and I don't live in Australia. So, but uh, he does a lot of like wildlife stuff as well, and like conservation stuff, which I really enjoy watching around that, like that around that yeah. topic. So, uh, yeah, just just really funny. Uh, I don't know if Avril watches yeah. it as well. Obviously, Avril's a Kiwi, but um, yeah, I, did, I didn't realize that he had international success at this point because like I haven't watched him for years but i did see in my youtube recommended the other day on my saudi youtube algorithm the rise and <laughs> rise of friendly geordies and i'm like what the fuck like what's this what's going on here yeah well i, I think he exploded because of the whole like um his house getting firebombed i think that was That's crazy dude so you set your own house on fire and you become the most popular it, youtuber yeah ever. exactly like, bro that's what you try need this. to do because uh, i remember even like moist critical was talking about it as well like he made a video it's like crazy stuff's happening in australia and he was talking about friendly geordies and stuff and i was like man that's insane that now this has become like That's a unreal. thing people talk about. Yeah, it's kind of kind of messed up. I've always That's rough times. I've always weirdly enough, after speaking about how like you know the politics are a little bit doomer over in Oz, I'm like, I kinda of wanna live in Australia for a little while just to see how it is. We've I've got family out there, but like we haven't seen them in, I haven't seen them in years, but it's um it's always been a place I've wanted to live for just a little bit, just to see what it's like. But my god, it seems expensive. Like and I yeah, the cost LA. of living is pretty high. Yeah, I, I, I feel like LA is still more expensive. I want to say, but the cost of living so. is pretty high in Australia. Like, yeah, especially like house prices like, are just know. fucked, right? House house prices are like completely fucking insane, and there's been insane grocery grocery price inflation in the past couple of years as well. Like every everything is expensive. But you know, they're always like perma talking about the housing crisis and the rental crisis and stuff yeah. like that. You know. And then a lot of people, you know, they start like pointing the finger at like our oh, foreign investors and Airbnb and this and that and the other. But it's, I don't know, I'm it, just clued this out. Is the deep now. dive on Overwatch. I'm not. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I can't have like an informed opinion. You know, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. To be fair, like I know that's kind of happening in the UK as well. To be fair, as well uh, with uh, London and how a lot of London is owned by just foreign investors and foreign entities, and it's just like. I don't think this is okay. This seems kind of bad because all these houses in London are just empty, and they no one does anything. Yeah, a lot of. I think a lot of people are on like the you know like the protectionist policy train where you know they like want to curb foreign investment. I think there's like a lot of uh, like Chinese foreign foreign investment in like every like major city basically, at least in Australia. And you know, people people don't seem to fancy that nowadays as much as they used to. I guess Um, prices are going up and shit like that. Yeah, but. I don't know. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, how much of this is like xenophobia and how much of this is like an actual uh, problem affecting house prices yeah. and stuff like that. Because, so, you know, it quickly turns into like a racist problem where it's like, right. oh, you know, everyone's complaining about the damn, the damn Chinese people buying all the houses. But it's like, how, I don't know how much of that is. Maybe, maybe that's not the issue. Yeah. Maybe that's not the, yeah, the problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, all right. Moving on yeah. from this, <laughs> moving on from Australian yeah, politics and housing crises yeah, all across the world. Side. I mean, that's fine. Like, like I said, I, because, Okay, me and Avril have got this thing where we talk about aliens a ton. I don't want to see if all this aliens. Yes. So, okay, I was gonna. How much you believe in aliens? Like, what what thoughts on aliens? Don't. I don't. I don't believe in aliens. But all the Aussies might. I've not shouted. No, I'm not. 
Because Custer gets annoyed about this whole conversation. What does he get annoyed? But like he's like, why the fuck are you talking about yeah. aliens? Or like, like me and Avril just yeah, sat that's, there that's before. My, that's my thinking too. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking? No, about? what are you saying? Like, you know, there's been developments like, recently. Keep, yeah, keep questioning everything, dude. Like developments, <laughs> like some fucking some dickhead in the United States being like, oh yeah, I swear it, I swear it on the Bible. Like, I saw an <laughs> alien. Come, come on, dude. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. There was a hearing a couple of months ago. It went kind of crazy. Um, David Rush came forward and was like, basically, yeah, we have alien crafts and we have aliens. So you're saying you don't, <laughs> you're saying you don't believe in any of that crap? No, I don't, I don't believe in any of that. You shit. don't think there's don't things out there like... in the universe that apart from us that are living, existing? Um, I mean, I, I think there's like a, there's a chance that there's something out there really, really far away, but it's like, you know, it's so, it's so far that like, we can't even observe it and it's never going to be out somewhere. Like, it's not happening. That's disappointing to hear. Because I believe. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Like I bet you believe they're walking among us. You believe that one day you're gonna fucking find a pair of glasses and you're gonna realize that half the population is an alien. Like that's yeah. Logan Paul colorblind glasses moment where I just put them on and I can see everything. Yeah, I forget the I forget the name of the I forget the name of the movie, but there's there's some famous movie with that premise. Oh really? That's insane. I have not seen that film. Maybe that's something I need to watch. Yeah. Maybe I'll believe more. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe like one or two people get this deep into the episode and they can answer in the comments. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, if you're this deep, there you go. Leave alien emoji in the comments. Boom. There you go. Interaction, baby. Let's go. There you go. Free engagement farm. Yeah, free engagement. You should have put that earlier in the app, though. Like in the first yeah, we should, minutes, just like... sprinkle it in throughout. So like different emojis end up popping up throughout the, uh, throughout the episode and throughout yeah. the comments. I like that. It goes on Spotify as well and Apple Music. You can't leave comments. Oh, Rest wonderful. in peace. Um, like speaking about podcasts Thank and you. stuff, you obviously have Uncoachable now um with a lot of the a lot of the western boys from like on spitfire and obviously british hurricane too like stretching all the way back like obviously the gator episode was uh, i would say the title was a, a little bit controversial and <laughs> yeah it sparked a lot of I mean, like twitter responses and criticism and whatnot to be honest like that, that kind of like that kind of irks me where it's like I saw like Uber complaining about it on Twitter. Like I think Avast's complaint about it was pretty like well measured. You know, like he he gave like both sides of the complaint, and then Uber comes and he's complaining about it, and he's like, ah, you know, like it's it's on the new, it's it's on the nose, and like the the subject matter is compelling. So why would you do this? And it's like, dude, like we we five x our viewership, and then that viewership was retained for the next episode. It's like I get that you know what clickbait is and stuff, but it's like. To say, oh, the, con- the the subject matter was compelling, so you shouldn't have to clickbait. It's like, well, clearly it wasn't compelling enough, you know, because with the clickbait, 5x the viewership. Without the clickbait, nobody was watching, you know? Like, all of our episodes had, like, 1,000 views, and then now we've got, like, 10,000, 5,000, 5,000. You know, like, it's it's doing significantly better because we had one stupid clickbait from something Gator, Gator said in the episode. And if you actually watch the episode, you'll see that, you know, th- th- there's actually, like, a, a measured argument going on there, you know? Like, he's not actually saying that he hates Korean people. So I think none of us really care and then it's funny to yeah, see like the definitely. shit that people put on twitter about it too you know like someone conflating the the asian hate in dallas to uncoachable's fucking podcast title like get the fuck out of here like are you serious right now like what are you saying i mean i think most of those people that make those ridiculous outlandish comments they don't really watch the episode either and of course not of course not that nobody that yeah. actually comments on it watches past the title yeah exactly and i would say that's a bit of an issue like it's like a meta issue really with just like news headlines and like youtube thumbnails the 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 mr beast kind of youtube kind of algorithm now that you have to hit but i i do i get it i do understand and i to be fair i watched the episode like through the whole thing yeah. i was like and that was one of the episodes, first episodes i watched the whole thing normally i just 
snippets and there's if there's like specific yeah. topics that i'm like oh i'm really interested Time in that I'll, like, or something yeah. yeah exactly i'll like click through or whatever um but yeah i mean i think it was a fairly well-measured like discussion about the thing and it was it was interesting and it made me really think about how overwatch is going to be next year obviously what we talked about before and like maybe there's going to be a region split where like eu na korea china whoever like southeast asia maybe that kind of thing end up getting their own small regions like we did before overwatch yeah yeah it just made me think about that a little bit more it was a very thought-provoking episode despite obviously the title just claiming a shit of outrage and stuff yeah (laughs) yeah i mean Look, at the, at the end of the day, like, I think, you know, we're going to, nobody watches our podcast. We're going to clickbait to try and get people to watch our yeah, podcast. Which is, like, I think it's a fair on. tactic and in if, this day and age, as long as it's not too yeah, crazy, I, you know? Yeah. Who Whoa. Damn. Um, sorry, someone's just been thrown. Uh, yeah, but, you know, maybe maybe now we've got a bit higher of a base viewership, so it's not as important. But at the end of the day, you know, you talk about like the algorithm, the Mr. Beastification of all your thumbnails and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just how the human brain is wired, you know? It is, how yeah. Every thumbnail needs to have a fucking red, big red arrow pointing at something on the brain. It's like, yeah, I like that. I like that. I want to click, click on that. Um, like, that's not, yeah, that's not even the algorithm. That's just like our little chimpanzee brains, like fucking neuron activation when you see a red arrow. Like, yeah, this is, this is Exactly. Like. I like Dude, this. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen it, but there's an add-on you can get for Google Chrome, probably Firefox too, that... Puts Mr. Beast on everything. Put Mr. Beast on every thumbnail, bro. It's so <laughs> yes, yes. funny. I, oh, I haven't, I've never installed it. I don't want to install that shit. But like seeing screenshots of just like random people's like home feeds and then it's just Mr. Beast in every thumbnail. I'm like, that would probably be a Mr. Beast video. It's like... Yeah. I mean, it's it's believable, you know? Yeah, it is. It is, which is the crazy thing. It's... uh, Yeah, YouTube's kind of weird, man. I don't like yeah, I mean, all, all the thumbnails are just crap <laughs> they're just yeah it's just insane and like i don't know what kind of i guess we can get into this as well like if you've got any hobbies like outside of overwatch or anything like that but i really like um like fish tanks and like aquarium aquascaping that kind of stuff and i also like watching like pokemon yeah. and magic the gathering content i don't think it's straight into the fish side of youtube yet it kind of has where like there's just really like this filter is terrible and like and it has the picture of the filter red x or like whatever right and it's i feel like a lot of people in the hobby are a bit older and like past that kind of like need for clickbaity thumbnails and stuff but then the pokemon yeah. side and like the tcg side of uh, youtube is just insane it's crazy it's just like it's like oh my god first edition charizard pulled from base and it's like mr C- mr beast crazy face yeah, giant yeah, the like, insane oh god. like it's oh it's yeah. so annoying 18 minute video and it, oh dude i get it i do understand like why people are like that, but i'm like right please please yeah, stop no, I, I get like a lot of cooking content and stuff like that and you can see like different creators have got like different styles you know with their yeah. thumbnails and shit like that some of them go like super all out on like the meta clickbaiting all the arrows and the pointing and the fucking big text and their face going but you know like um other people they go for like the the minimalist approach and try to be like anti anti algorithm or something but, yeah, yeah. It, it just depends on the type of creator and usually the bigger ones do all the clickbaiting stuff because you know, that's at the end of the day that's the stuff that works and gets the most um gets the most traction gets gets the most neurons firing at once basically um but then yeah you know, it's that's just the game it is the game and that's the thing that is the game that you have to play on like youtube i follow a few aquarium youtube channels that make there's a korean one that i follow called is mulrang or mulbang maybe I, I can't remember but they make just it's a silent video basically almost and it's just only the sounds of them like 
pouring water in like escaping things and like and there's korean subtitles with english subtitles as well but like their thumbnails are just it's the finished product and then it has just small text that says oh like the tank size or whatever and it will be and it's just like a really nice like smoothly edited like calming look almost asmr level video yeah like, on that stuff and i'm like that's that's content that res resonates with me bro like like really chill. it does what it says does what it says on the tin you know like right. it's it's just simple that's what i'm saying you don't have to you don't have to go bonkers for it. don't have to go fucking crazy everybody stop with the stupid ass thumbnail it's a little bit we're gonna wet. continue we're gonna continue with the stupid ass thumbnail oh i hope so i hope so yeah the one um the one with astro was really funny i'm not sure what i don't know how like... we got that out of him yeah no yeah. genuinely like what was he what was he losing his mind at i do it's... wonder because if anybody's like, not seen it, crazy freeze for him go on the uncoachables like youtube it was like astro just like almost dying like of laughter like demonic face like oh my god it was, it was ridiculous like that is that was pretty yeah, funny okay. <laughs> Uh, that would make me click to I see what he's that. laughing at. Yeah, genuinely. You reckon that would work? I mean, maybe. So we didn't. Know. We didn't even need to. Um, we didn't even need to do something suspect in the previous episode's title to get a viewer. <laughs> just, like, with, you just need Astro. What Daniel was doing crazy. in the thumbnail. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, his mouth is just wide open, like he's laughing, hogging out of control. I mean, to be fair, yeah. Plat Chat does it as well with like not super clickbaity. There was a couple of ones that, to be fair, Johnny was like, I don't know how I feel about this one. Like, can I get like oh, a, really? a temp check on like the thumbnail? Because normally it's just him that does them with Uberchain makes them, and then kind of says, "Oh, we need this or whatever." These are people that are going to be on. Yep. And uh, there are a couple of ones I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, I don't think you can put that. <laughs> like, I don't think people are going to like that. Much. I don't think the right people that you want to be pleasing are going to like this fucking thumbnail, bro. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, well, th that's one thing about about like this uncoachable podcast, I'd say, where it's like appealing to the average Overwatch fan. I would say it's probably like not our objective podcast, right. you know. Like we're we're not really like trying to appeal to like a specific viewer base. We're just, <laughs> I guess, we're looking to appeal to people that are like us, you know. We're trying to just talk. We're trying to just talk for two hours, you know. All yeah. the people that we get on the podcast so far, like they, they've all been friends. Um, I guess going forward, you know, because we're going to try and like branch out the uh, guests a little bit. You know, get probably get some Korean so we can get perspective on that sort of stuff. Get some coaches that we don't have close experience and friendships with. Um. We'll try and keep the same thing, but I imagine you know it might get like a little bit more uh, more serious for some of these guests, just yeah. because um, it depends on the guests. Like, we really don't does. have that. We don't have that same rapport, you know. Yeah. Like I'm probably not just gonna go in a Soros's throat. Um, yeah. Straight away, like I would just like I'm just swinging. <laughs> I'm just swinging at Gator and uh, Funny Astro. Like there's no tomorrow because like we're we're all really friends. But for someone that I don't know, I probably won't be like you're a fucking dog shit coach. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how Casaurus would react. He's a very, he seems like a very calm man. I every, yeah, he's every like a event, very I'm man. like, hey, what's up, man? He's like very chill, very calm. Like I've never seen him like ever really raise his voice or like get super like you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm to, not sure to be fair, I'm actually. Like, I'm all right with him, so I could probably call him a shit coach yeah, and get yeah, away with it. Definitely. But um, you know, maybe like if we get if we get nine k on or something, I'll, I'll yeah, I don't know about nine k. <laughs> maybe don't start like <laughs> just destroying him on the pod. Yeah, maybe not. But um, a lot of a lot of fans probably won't like our podcast though. At the end of the day, because you know, we're just um. I mean, to be fair, as long as unfiltered blokes. Yeah, I mean that, but that's the that's the kind of draw to it though in a way it's just like very like unfiltered and just kind of you're just sitting there and you're talking about what you want to talk about and that's that normally generates a better like organic grassroots viewership on like viewers and fans more than like 
just kind of a little bit more tame, a little bit more held back kind of thing um, would do. And if you're yeah. trying to appeal to certain audiences. I think it just won't appeal to, to casual viewers very much. You know? Right. It's, it's basically for people that are like pretty, pretty into Overwatch League, I'd say. Yeah. People that are pretty into Overwatch League and like into some of the players. And then, and then want to hear about how we secretly hate all of their favorite players, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to dr- drag fucking, you know, Flower69 in fucking solo queue, like those kind of fucking players. I don't think it's going to drag that motherfucker. Yeah. In, so. Nah, the, the Yaki fans are coming for my throat after the most recent I bet. <laughs> like I bet they fucking will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, they've had every fan of Yaki has had Connor to grip on to for so long, who's been the last bastion of Yaki hope. And copium that uh yeah maybe yeah. It would, maybe it would that way but Look, even dude, if you, said if you don't make over. play if you don't make play-ins three Overwatch League seasons in a row you just stop coping you just give up <laughs> yeah yeah someone better tell Connor I think he's still coping I'd I would believe it you know. that guy copes a lot it's kind of insane yeah. actually I mean, what's what's he doing now because like he's not I mean I guess he's doing some sort of like well, content thing. He just does esports or misfits. He doesn't necessarily do like Overwatch. Do they, stuff, do right? they even have any teams? Like they have a COD team, kind of. I think. Ah, he's he's doing content, kind of for the kind of content. Kind of COD team. COD, I'm not sure what's happening with misfits and like the esports division stuff. It's it's difficult to say with a lot of orgs like across the board. I'd say because obviously Guard don't exist anymore, and then like EG yeah, no, are don't. like cutting back, and it's like hard to tell where like a lot of these orgs stand in the grand scheme of things. Same whether I- they're going to collapse or stand in just like their game in their esport like it's yeah. hard to tell and obviously overwatch is the biggest a... punk, but i mean even none of the games is crazy it's like eg is like eg went from winning champs to then like oh we're just like oh we're just cutting players and teams and like all this what yeah What's happening with that I, I do think it's like a it's a financial financial boom industry you know it's, it's something where a lot of people get involved and pay lots of money because they want to long-term growth even though they've got short losses and now we're in right. like a big old big old global financial downturn so you know people don't want to gamble as much on the future would rather just go with something safe i mean maybe when the economy is good play video games exactly when the economy is good esports is normally good and a lot of industries like that are good and then esports is just yeah. one of those industries it's like the startup industry with startup tech companies that make an apps or like you know it doesn't have to be like apps or tech or anything just like startups if they're doing if the economy's doing well, they're doing well because there's lots of financial investment from like, you know, uh, the unicorns and stuff like that and like that getting companies early and make them huge. But then there's also <laughs> when the downturn happens, all that money is not really being put in stuff that's a bit more speculative. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, actually. Like the Silicon Valley startup culture is basically like how esports works. They're just trying to, they're not actually like buying for profit. They're buying for like Share, it's hopes, like ideas their product like, is revolutionary yeah and like yeah. with esports it's like there's a lot of people i feel like a lot of vcs and like venture capital out there that do invest it's like i see a vision for this for esports or like this team this game or whatever like and i want to put money into it not worried about make, maybe making profit like you do with a startup company you're not worried about profit in the short term it's on the long term yeah. you're like okay we can make this sustainable and like this is a good business and it's a good thing to add it sounds bad but like a good thing to add to the portfolio yeah tough pretty tough you said um i, I want to go back real quick you said uh there was a ton of cooking content on your youtube is that what your you got any hobbies outside of obviously like uh watch no i'm a i'm just like a useless did you know, <laughs> i i um you know i i go out and see me mates and i do a bit of the old physical exercise but you know even with the cooking it's like it's not like i'm replicating it I'm fucking bomb like i 
you know, I, I'm not not a fantastic cook by any you know, I'm more <laughs> of like a cooking for survival than cooking for um for the oh, pleasure yeah. of anybody's taste buds. Um so yeah, my, my interests are actually pretty limited to the screen sitting in uh, unfortunately. <laughs> well, apart from like WoW yeah. then, is there any other games you are playing? How much do you play Solo Queue? Because there's only been a couple of times where I've bumped into you. I don't I don't even play video I don't even play video games anymore. Like I, like I told you, I've been playing World of Warcraft for 15 minutes before yeah. the episode. That was like the first time I've launched the game. Um, I don't even play video games anymore. It's like my friends, my friends will finish work and I'll play um, I'll play like a couple of A rounds with them in League of Legends because it's like something that we can all do and it's fast and we can right. drop in and out and go have dinner and shit like that. Or maybe we'll play some COD Warzone. You know, just like d- dudes that I've been playing games with for seven years. But um, I don't actually play video games that much anymore because it's like I used to play heaps of Overwatch because I I really like Overwatch. But um the desire to keep getting better and better and better that's kind of like faded over time kind of at the point where it's like oh, i'm only ever gonna get worse at this game the amount of time that i put in and i'm unwilling to put lots of time in so right it's yeah. like i mean there's no benefit or goal really at the end right you like you don't yeah, necessarily well, have me, to be good Coach. yeah i'm ad- I'm addicted to like the the competitive progression advancement thing you know right. in like every aspect of life i'm a very 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 competitive person i'd say uh, and you know, if I'm not advancing in something comp, getting feeling like I'm getting better at something, or feeling like I'm getting better results in a competitive job, for instance, like I I don't feel much motivation to continue. So you know, with with video games now, I don't don't actually play that much. That's so, pretty fair. I yeah, it's it's strange because for myself and a lot of casters, like especially during the off season and even during the week as well, when we're not casting or anything, our schedule compared to like mm-hmm. a coach's is. It's pretty easy, like, yeah. like watching bots and scrims. I, I I can still hear you. It's wireless. Oh, right. some water. Yeah, um, it, we, yeah, it's just like vods and scrims and stuff. Obviously for coaches and whatnot, and like obviously we we watch vods and like you know if you're a caster, play by play, especially like you're watching your tapes and stuff to try and get better. But yeah, it's for co- uh, so like we have a lot of free time. So it's like streaming, playing other games and stuff. And dude, I'm a di- I'm I've got back into the addiction of Magic the Gathering. Like it is. A little bit unhinged, oh, really? actually. Yes. You're you're a card man. I'm a card man. Yes. Are you are you yeah. a card man? Do you enjoy? Do you? No, nah, I'm not a I'm not a card man. Actually, I played Baldur's Gate recently. I played that because okay. I was back in Australia post season. I had nothing to do, so I played that. Um, but it's not like I can call myself a Baldur's Gate player. You know, I played a fucking single <laughs> player game because I was bored. Like, uh, but no, I'm not a card man. <laughs> not a card. But there's too many card men. I'm just saying. There's too many people that play cards. It's a good card men and women. It's a good thing. And like, there's there's card men and women. You've got your um, you've got your Dungeons and Dragons men and women as well. Like I, I see like the what's it like castles and castles or whatever it's called yeah, yeah. on Twitter every now and then. It's just the, I'm just saying it's bad because the money it sucks out of you is crazy. Like, oh really? Yeah. Well, if you want like Magic the Gathering like a commander deck, my commander deck originally started out as like okay, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks. So I spent like 120. So I was like, oh, that's just over, bro. Like it's just a little bit over. Only it's 20 a little, bucks over. A little over. And then I'm like, well, you know. It's upgrades that could be had. And then I'm like, well, now my deck's worth like 300 bucks. And now, like, yeah. I want this other deck that's like I made and I've played online because you can play on Tabletop Simulator. And we, I play with like Mitch and Scott and Ashley, mm-hmm. uh, Mitch's wife, and we play um, every now and then. And I was like, yeah. oh, I made a deck and copy and pasted it in to Tabletop Sim. And I'm like, I really like this. How much does it cost? Fair oh, enough. 350 bucks. Okay, sick. Oh, geez. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, and that's not, that's not even expensive. That's like, yeah mid-tier i'd say like low tier you can go like hundred dollars and less kind of thing you can build decks or commander decks for that much like my main deck at the moment <laughs> i have in paper is 350 bucks and like dude it's it's a rabbit hole 
is what I was saying. Yeah. I'm I'm just like a stingy bastard, you know. I hate like paying I hate paying money to pay any business putting in basically. Um so I, I hate like I don't do any like microtransactions for games and stuff. Right, like that. yeah. Like, That's ever, smart. Ever. So I'm I'm a bit of a stingy stingy prick with all that sort of stuff. So usually I try and find a game that I can like sink a bunch of time into and feel yeah. like I got some value out of my money. And it's like I think this is a mindset that, you know, it's like it's when I was younger and I like didn't have a lot of income and shit like that. But then like you know, now I've started to like have a job and have have like a well paying job and stuff like that, but I just haven't adjusted my spending to not be a stingy prick yeah. um so yeah maybe maybe there's like a little bit more pleasure to be had in life that i'm not tapping by being awesome i mean but, you know maybe yeah. but there's like i said there's free ways of getting around that like if you want to play magic you can just play for free on the arena and just like grind your way to decks or like tabletop sim where you just copy and paste deck lists like that's free yeah well it's tabletop sim it costs like 15 bucks or whatever like i would say i'm i'm the same i'm like i'm very stingy when it comes to money and like yeah. i invest i try and invest all my money that I can like just put it away into because uh, I'm in the states now, like a Roth IRA and like the mm. just like into a brokerage account, just like putting it away, just like in very stable things that are gonna go like gonna go up, you know, like just index yeah, yeah, funds yeah. basically, right? And like, yeah. that's all I do, and I try not to spend too much money. And you know, I although saying that, I fucking recently bought one of these. I don't know if you ever seen it, but. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think Chris yeah. just bought one of those too. Actually, like, they are the the fucking sick. Like, I okay, it was five hundred fifty bucks on sale, down from like seven hundred or something. Um, but still, I I felt so guilty. By it. But like, I'm going home <laughs> soon, and it's basically a win. If anybody doesn't know what this is, it's a Asus Rog Ally. It's the Extreme Edition. Um, which I'd say if you anybody's thinking about getting one, just get the Extreme one, not the base one. But it's I got a PS2 on here. I mean a Korean it's feeling PS2. Like a, it's feeling like a hashtag ad. Sale, a hashtag ad sales pitch. I'm just saying. The, yeah. Connor sold me on it. To be fair, like he was like, yeah, it's just a mini mm-hmm. PC because it runs Windows 11, and you just put all your emulators on it and stuff like that. Like, yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm traveling yeah, soon. No, so I need something to play. Like, you know, uh, I felt mad guilty about buying it. I was like, yeah. Uh, I I just definitely need some hobbies, you know. Like I think going to the gym a couple of times a week, playing video games and watching video games doesn't really count as a hobby, oh, well. to be honest. Like all all these things are just like it's basically just like existing. You know? I've like I'm on the wrong side of 25 now. Like I'm 26 years old, so it's like I, I've ha- I'm having my quarter life crisis. So I, I need brother, you were speaking to a 30 year old, just saying. Like bro, I'm you're like four <laughs> years younger than me. I wish I was. Fucking you have you have hobbies. You have hobbies. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you, yeah, you you play magic. Play magic. Look <laughs> at my fish tanks every day, and yeah, that's about it. Mm. Like. Exactly. You look at your fish tank. You look at some random Korean guy on YouTube's fish tank. Exactly. Like, that's the day done. You know, like, that is my day. Satisfaction in that. Oh. And that, okay, to yeah. wrap it around to what we said at the beginning, like, holy, do I feel guilty sometimes during the off season and like all this shit. I'm like, no, I must be progressing. Like, I'm doing a cybersecurity certification at the moment. Um, in my spare time. Ah, yeah. no, think, think about one of those two, actually. Uh, yeah. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm pretty. I'd say I'm pretty literate when it comes to computers and like security cybersecurity has always interested me um and like yep. me and my friend used to write our own little like keyloggers and like uh yeah, wor- yeah. like i wouldn't call it a worm but like it kind of was but it wouldn't like hide in memory or anything it, it was just like a program that would like worm its way into different folders and then delete its itself and replicate itself like uh-huh. it, it was very like rudimentary shit basically but it was really fun and like i really enjoyed it bit of uh, fun yeah. yeah it is and it's we yeah we made like a little not a brute forcer but like you know little tools that you could make and we could test them on our own machines kind of thing and that was like super fun for me so i'm like yeah i feel immense guilt like please try and find something to do okay i'll do a certification in fucking like fuck it like i do i've been doing um yeah. 
I don't know if you've seen it, but Hackbox before um, or Hack the Box. Mm. It's 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 basically penetration testing, and you, you, it's just a very beginner way of getting into penetration testing. And I've been doing that recently too, and it's it's really fun. And I'm like, okay, it's something. Maybe this will lead to a career or like I don't know. It's, yeah, no, I think I think good shout in that. You know? And security is something like you know, there's lots to learn forever. So it's like challenge. Yeah, exactly. Push your mic to your face again. Oh, yeah, you're chilling. Yeah, yeah. So it, security just it looks like something that might scratch the right parts of the brain. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head too, dude. It's it's always evolving and it's always just gonna get more complex and like everybody is gonna need some team that helps with cybersecurity and like stuff in your organization. So I'm like, meh. And yeah. weirdly, what's always interested me as well is like cheating in, in games. But like on the other side of it, like countering cheaters. Um, and like anti-cheat has always been kind of interesting to me and I'm always looking to get into new fields and like anti-cheat has always scratched the itch of like like cyber crime and like cyber security but also like countering cheaters and stuff so yeah it's it's that same kind of like arms racey shit yeah it's like it is two sides constantly like secure this penetrate into like you know it's back and forth over and over it's a battle it is fun it's a little little gamified job exactly it and it almost is gamified i mean hackbox is fucking gamified penetration test basically um and you're just following like oh you need to go find this like they're called ctfs capture the flags and you just have to go find the flag in someone's in like their systems that they've created specifically for that so you just like i see you just test your penetration skills against systems that they've set up and like if you can find the flag and you like breach the system what are the vulnerabilities of the system and stuff and it's yeah it's pretty cool it's it's really interesting it definitely scratches cool. an itch but yeah and it yeah. stops the guilt the important thing for the time being yeah i had i had like mild guilt in every overwatch league off season because the off season's like three months long yeah you know like for, for a coach it's like you, you get so much time off and it's it's pto as well you're, you're contracted to your team like you're getting paid for so long to just fucking you know the fact that the, the money is showing up in your bank account for that time like that kind of like reduces the guilt a little bit but every time you know it's like i get a month into the off season it's like holy fuck i'm so bored <laughs> like i'm actually just doing nothing every day like what the fuck am i doing with my life um but then the job would start and the guilt would all go away for a while yeah. uh but now it's just like wow i need to i need to do as much as i possibly can because i'm just yeah fortunately i'm in i'm in saudi arabia at the moment so i've, I've yeah exactly delayed the guilt by two and a half weeks Hey, that would do anything to delay the guilt. That's the thing. You're just, I feel like that's probably human existence summed up. Just yeah. delaying the guilt. That's going to be the rest of my, the rest of my life is going to be delaying the guilt till eventually. <laughs> no, no, no need anymore. Eventually you croak and that's it. Is there a yeah, genuinely like that's when the guilt will stop being exact that I do feel the same way. And the other day, actually, I had like a list of things that I wanted to do. And like, I'm trying to pursue and I'm wanting to get into that isn't casting. And I'm like, I love casting and it's my literally my dream job. Like I've never, I didn't realize until my last year of university, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking sick. Like I really enjoy this. Yeah. Like just looking at a game and talking about it. Like, I just love that shit. I just like watching the game intently yeah. and just like screaming about it. It's just super fun. Like, was it, was it like you had an insane passion for Overwatch or was it another game that you started? With? I started in League, League Legends. I started when Overwatch, okay. didn't, uh, Overwatch wasn't even out. Um, so you've been going at it for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, right. Weirdly yeah. enough, like me and a friend, um, before I got my Overwatch League off, actually, me and him were in Japan together. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and me and him ended up swapping roles in um, Overwatch and League. So like he was doing Overwatch and I was doing League. And I was like, he was like, hey, do you want to swap? Like, I really want to like pursue League a lot more. And I was like, okay. Like I used to play competitive TF2. I was like, I was really bad, by the way. Whenever I say that, I need to preface. I was terrible. Div 6 EU to, uh, player. But uh. Like the, six. the, wow, the lowest of the low, division. baby. I got the medals on my Steam account. Yeah. That's all that matters. And then we switched, Incredible. and obviously, I was like, "Wow, Overwatch is my speed." Uh, but I was still getting paid for League of Legends work at the time. Um, and then obviously, contenders rolled around, and, and that happened. So yeah, but it was League of Legends to start off with, and I do still enjoy the game, and I like watching worlds and stuff. But my God, has that game evolved since I left? Fuck me. Good luck getting yeah, into any other. To- what i'm saying to drop to drop into any new game it's like holy shit what is going on? yeah even with games like valorant nowadays it's like they've added so much stuff that it's like there's a, there's a learning curve there's a learning curve although i do think that like most games are more spectatable than overwatch you know so you're probably if you're casting overwatch you're probably casting hard mode yeah to, everybody not, says that not to ego it, in, yeah. no seriously though I, in overwatch at least like good fucking luck like in league there's a lot happening in a team fight, but there's also like a shit ton of downtime as well. But like in an Overwatch fight, yeah. like the amount of shit that's going on and you're not in yeah. a League of Legends POV. You're in a first person perspective some of the time, just watching these fights go down. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Although Valorant got to the point as well where there was like the neon double wall, the Phoenix wall, the smokes and the, yeah. And it was like, holy shit. Like looking at these images, yeah. and I remember people memeing and comparing Overwatch and Valorant. It was like the Overwatch sim wall fights, you know? Like, it, it, oh the my same god, the, the sim wall, May wall, Sigma, fucking Arissa. Fu- oh my yeah, yeah. God. Every every shield in the known universe on the screen. It's funny actually, because like with the Saudi E leagues, they keep um they keep fucking up the production where it's like they color code the teams. Like Twisted Minds is red. Um, the teams we face, like GK, they're blue, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but then, but then they don't match the sides on the cough team. So like, we'll be red color coded in the special UI, but we'll be blue side on the oh. cough point. So then in game, it's like blue ice block on point, blue window on point. But it's the fucking, it's us, it's the red team, you know? Oh, like wow, it, it, yeah. it's so confusing from the spectator standpoint. Like, these motherfuckers have got to start pressing the swap sides button. It's so, it's such an easy fix. But um, yeah, the the game is very very difficult to follow i'd say i think that like a lot of um a lot of pros they might not be the most entertaining casters necessarily but um there's definitely an advantage to having like a pretty good understanding of the yeah, game just because definitely. like maybe maybe you can predict what's going to happen in the fight because if you're trying to do the fight play by play and you don't know what's coming uh like you're really doing it like as it happens if you don't have any idea of what's coming i imagine it would be so fucking difficult to cast the game because you really you need an understanding of what's going on and what's about to happen because if you don't it all happens and you just have to play and catch up by it. And the you, yes yeah, yeah playing yeah. catch up i think that's one of the biggest skills that younger casters and like less experienced casters struggle with at least in play by play is like predicting and just knowing and i yeah. put a lot of that down to like i'm not a good player but like i'm gm1 like I'm inching into top. You're, like, you're good enough. Right. You're good, I'm enough. good enough. I think to yeah. to kind of predict what's happening. And obviously, that's just our the amount of hours I put into Overwatch. Like just playing is just fucking absurd. Like I really wish yeah. it carried over the stats from like Overwatch One because I I had two accounts with Silver Border, another account with almost Silver Border. Like if you combine them all, yeah, I'm almost so you, Platinum Border. So like you done your you you done your hours. I got my hours. <laughs> I got my fucking hours. But yeah, like. Yeah that has definitely helped me in like casting the game and like understanding what's going to happen next 
and like yes like yes. i'm gonna toot my horn a little bit here i was in j3's co-stream at one time doing when he was doing world cup prelims and i was like we were going into a fight and i was like oh this will happen this will like this 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 and this should happen like and then it happened and i'm like and just my caster brett and i'm like and he was like what how'd you know that i'm like i don't know bro just like that's just <laughs> I, i've seen this like situation like so many times in pro overwatch that it's just i just know like you just that's kind the, of that's the thing like it if you have a high level understanding of the game, you know, you can, you can often see what's going to happen before yeah. the fight. You know, like if you look, if you look at the old states and maybe you even look at someone's positions, it's like, oh, this team's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. It, exactly. It and then when it doesn't, you know? and that's yeah. what separates really good poker plays from like, um, the, from the okay to the great is like setting up for those moments. And then if something different happens, making sure you capture that moment and make it special kind of thing and yeah yeah you get it you, you give it more hype you know if something happened that wasn't expected then you can give, be even more hype you can be like oh you know this guy's fucked up so badly or, oh this is an incredible play from this person whatever yeah using my caster language here because i haven't got that <laughs> but you know just giving giving people the respect they deserve or the disrespect they deserve right, for right. um for completely griefing five alt to zero you know something like that that's what that is like the dopamine hit you know that is like the okay i did this fight really well like you know, I'm yeah. happy with how I portrayed this player or like this team and stuff. And yeah, that's what made, I don't know. That's, that's what dopamine does for me, you know, or that's what yeah. uh, triggers my dopamine even. Just like, it's just important that ooh. it's important that, you know, the casters, they also, they don't overdo it too, you know, because if, sure, you, yeah. if you ever wind up disrespecting people, because it's like, oh, my prediction of what was going to happen didn't happen. So this player must be crap or this player must've done something wrong. Like, I think it, I think it might have been like Monty back in the day. Like Monty was just like a chronic like narrative pusher, you know. Like every time he would have a cast, he'd always be talking about like what was going to happen and what was going on, right. and like how this didn't go to plan. And it's like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Like, no, no offense, because I'm sure he's a, I'm sure he's a good caster. But I just remember like from a from a player perspective when I was watching like season one Overwatch League and I was still a player, I would listen to the casts and I'd be like, what? What is he saying right now? This is that's not going to happen at all. And then it wouldn't happen, and he'd be like, "Oh, it's this guy's fault." And it's like, wait, no, this is like a it's like a double negative now, like a I don't know, just spreading propaganda. Propaganda, so, uh, propaganda in the cast. Spread it. That's yeah. a that's a funny way of just putting it. Actually, it. I mean, yeah. that's I think that's where like esports as well has evolved over time, where uh, especially just in a game that's been out for so long. Obviously, at the very beginning, it's there's not much experience in that game or maybe even that genre kind of thing so like with mm -hmm. hero shooters like when was the last time a hero shoot was popular that wasn't tf2 or like and that's where like josh and bren like had a good leg up in casting tf2 and like mm -hmm. uh, tf2 is so different from fucking overwatch as well to be fair and like maybe paladins i don't know you know it's the casting always starts yeah. out at like yeah. it's okay and then it just like slowly over time just gets so much better and it's same with the gameplay as well like you compare I mean, it's everything you know yeah new or, game people build up exactly or a bot lucio yeah. to like funny astro now like daniel hitting three k's oh, on the astro you know funny I mean? astro is still a fucking bot just in a different you know? <laughs> just a different yeah exactly just in a different year just a, just a different type of bot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting to see games evolve like that and i'm really yeah i think a lot of people and I think they should like feel very fortunate to be around from the, the very beginning to like now and still like at the top of their game or like, you know, still doing what they're doing and seeing the game evolve that much and the casting too and the playing and everything else and everything around it as well. It's like, yeah, this shit's sick, man. Like, I don't know, maybe it's a bit of Stockholm syndrome, you know, and now Overwatch League is like gone. It's like, holy fuck, like, no, bring it back or, you know, 
Yeah, just, it's it's easy to complain about the product till they take it away and suddenly you don't even have a source of income. You know, yeah, like, well, exactly, I loved right. Overwatch League. Bring it back. Yeah, no, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Please, Mr. Miller, one more year. Like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please, one more year. Uh, yeah, yeah. It does feel that way, and but though you know you can look back and you can go, okay, fuck, man, that was like sick. Like what a yeah. No, it's like unreal time. I'm not sure whether the glasses have gotten rose tinted or whether it's just like you see the overall perspective of it and you're like, oh, like fuck, that was a great job. <laughs> like that was really yeah. good. Yeah, like Overwatch yeah, League. Maybe and, like the people we work with as well. Like especially, I can imagine for you behind the scenes, um, but especially for us, like there's so many people that we interact with on a daily basis that aren't big on Twitter or like that are just not public facing people, and they're like amazing people that you work with every single. F- like the producers and like yeah. the staff around like talent and everything else. I'm like, like I feel for those two. I think a lot of, a lot of those people, they don't get like any credit at all, to be honest, you know, like if they're not forward yeah. facing, like people don't even recognize that they exist, you know, exactly. every game is full of observers, producers, all sorts of other people behind the scenes that never get any recognition at all, basically. Yeah. And, and they're feels, equally out of a job. Exactly. And it feels bad for them because yeah. man, it's, it's tough not only for us, but for them to try and maybe move on, like what happens next. Everything, everybody's obviously question it. Um, this kind of yeah. rattles off from a question I asked you earlier, but is there anything you kind of regret going from uh, just in the Overwatch League or like even before that, um, contenders and whatnot? Um, no, with contenders, I was really happy. Um, like with with like the player career, I was really happy. You know, I just followed like the the linear the linear progression. You know, it's like. I started playing competitively. I got onto a decent team, stayed with the core of players forever, and we became the best team. Like just just right. progressed as like a group of friends for like two years, and we made it. You know, so with with the player career, I was like super happy because we just we we did that. But um, uh, with the Overwatch League career, do I have any regrets? Look, look, to be honest, I'm actually really I'm really happy with how I did in Overwatch League. I wish um I wish I'd won a grand final. I guess um. <laughs> I wish. I think biggest regrets probably like twenty two gladiators stuff. Like I, I don't really care about the gladiators, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, that, maybe that sounds bad to say, but I, I don't really talk about what happened this year with the gladiators. I had other shit going, so it was really just like bottom of bottom of the priority list for me. Um, but twenty two gladiators, like my biggest regret there is probably like I didn't have like a lot of ego in the coaching stuff. Um, in terms of like how I presented stuff, I didn't really like fight super hard for um my opinion sort of stuff we we would like argue a bit as a staff but i at the end of the day like i would often let the other guys take the reins a lot um and i think like when we got into these stages where we were like sucking like like playoffs and junker queen meta i think that it was just like i had a differing opinion and i think that like i would have preferred if i had like more of an ego about it and i like fought significantly harder for what i wanted to do as opposed to what the other guys wanted to do just because i think the direction would be better I think that like those metas were more in my wheelhouse of my understanding of the game, and it would right. have been cool if I could have like had more control in that regard. So I'm, I have a bit of regret about like not forcing what I wanted to do, I guess, um, because at the end of the day, like everyone has ideas all the time. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, and I think that like you know if I'd forced my ideas in like the first half of the year, we wouldn't have won two stages. You know, like it's it's a very much a double-edged sword. But then like in the second half of the year, as things changed, I think I probably could have like forced forced my sort of style and it would have worked better for the team so i think that's probably my biggest regret is just a bit of a pussy 22 gladiators and just like finding my place in the coaching structure in the coaching structure as like definitively the third coach um right okay the third coach on the team whereas like i think i could have 
sure stepped up significantly in that year. Um, and then in the end, yeah. So that was probably my only big regret there. That's good. I mean, at least you well recognizing that is important, right? And taking yeah. lessons learned. Because I, I've never had like big head coach aspirations, really. Just because yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be like, you know, it, it's actually fantastic if there's always someone above the above you that you can blame for everything so you know you can steal you can steal credit when you win and you can avoid responsibility when you lose greatest position on earth assistant coach for that um but yeah like just if you're a head coach you need to be really harsh on people quite often you know you really do need to be the person that like establishes the culture and has things strict and i think i'm you know i'm more of like the the personal coach i suppose you know have like a really strong relationship with players individually but maybe like when it comes down to discipline and stuff like that other people do that better so i think um being the assistant coach, you know, that's uh, that's more suited to what I do. But at the end of the day, you know, Overwatch Future is probably like a one coach per team situation. So you've got to, <laughs> got to do a bit of that. Yeah, I mean, hey, the ego can come out then. But, well, <sighs> I, don't, I don't think that's ever going to I don't think that's ever gonna <laughs> come out too, too much, to be honest. Too humble. Because I think most coaches need to recognize that the players have a better understanding of the game than them. Right. In most ways. Um, you know, it's like you, you watch the game from the top down, but you don't actually like follow what's going on. So, Often, like if a player comes to you and they're saying something and it sounds really stupid, it's like maybe you need to simultaneously like reassess your understanding of the situation because you don't even fucking play the game anymore. You know, like right, how, yeah. how would you know? Yeah, it's, like, that's you, you funny. Can watch the top down and you can see the positions. Can't yeah, feel it, you know? that's funny because Jake said said pretty much the same thing to me when I was talking to him about it like a long time ago. He's like, well, at the end of the day, like coaches there to facilitate a lot of the time and like players probably know better um, in certain situations. Like. All right. I agree with that. I think it's like <laughs> players know better and you just need to guide them to reaching like the cohesive solution that works as a team. You know, yeah. Players know what works best for them individually and you just need to articulate that into a cohesive piece that works for five people. Right. Getting everyone on the same page, more or less. Yeah. Unfortunately, got... coaching requires some like people skills and conflict resolution skills and stuff like that. Did you say it's you're good at that? It's not about just like... Yes. <laughs> okay, good. That's... <laughs> yes. That is a good thing. Yes. Yeah, um, I'd say I'm definitely better at the the soft skills, the people skills, than I am like the playing stat banana and telling people where to stand, and that right. sort of stuff. I'm good at giving people a general solution and like a general vibe of how we need to improve on a concept, but I'm actually terrible at giving people the really specific detail for every situation. It's like if they show me a freeze frame of the game and they're like, "Where do you want me to play right here?" It's like I don't have the fucking answer for you. Like, you know how I want you to play? Can you figure it out? Like that's yeah, right. that's kind of more how I. How I think about that sort of stuff. Well, I guess there's almost a split then, because I'm assuming oh, I would assume some coaches are very much in the other camp. So I mean, yeah, you... well, the the gladiators style was very much into like the specifics, you know, yeah. like here's the scene, here's how we should approach it, and it's like it worked sometimes, it didn't work sometimes, but um, overall, it's it's really not my style. So I think that like in the in the overall coaching structure for that team, I think that I was a good fit culturally when we were winning. Right. Well, I was a good fit culturally all the all the time. But um I was a good fit on the team when we were winning because it was like I could keep everyone, you know, happy more or less and you know just contribute a bit here and there. But um if our style wasn't working, I, I wasn't a very good fit at all, you know? Because I couldn't really present my stuff. There was so much other information going on that it was like I just felt like I had no impact at all other than the cultural stuff, other than just trying to trying to keep people vaguely happy. It's a good skill to have. It's a good skill to, for just like general life outside of esports as well, you know, if you're a people person. 
not a, I guess, yeah. Not the worst thing in the world. You say I guess, but like I think it was pretty important. Like in just fucking. Yeah, but you know, some, sometimes you get you get tired of trying to please the players. You know, crawling between. That is true. The, their desks one by one. You know, like it's it's not much fun. But you just yeah, you are. What do they say? Like uh, herding cats as well, right? Yeah, I don't know. They're they're difficult. <laughs> Pro gamers, especially, they're just they're another breed of for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sounds like it. If oh. you make it. I was thinking it's like, you know, game, life is like an RPG, you know, you gotta like max right. out your stats and like, you gotta, if you're going to max one stat, you need to like have some compromises elsewhere. And it's like, if you're going to be this fucking good at a game, you've definitely like taken a hit in some other stat, some <laughs> like soft skill, some life skill is missing for like almost all of these pro gamers, you know, it's, um, you'll occasionally find a unicorn where it's like, wow, you're like, you're a functional person and you're fucking crazy at the game. But for the most part, like it, <laughs> there's like a correlation between in-game skill and Oh, a negative correlation between in-game skill and out-of-game skill. I mean, yeah, to be fair, going from, like, you're, maybe you're 16, 17, 18, whatever, you're, and you're just fucking sick. Maybe you've got, like, nasty aim, and then suddenly you're on a team, and suddenly you're earning, like, uh, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, like, whatever money. Like, you're in an... I was on the, I was on the gladiators, mate. Like, add another digit. Yeah, all right, <laughs> okay, yeah. Six, a little six-figure digit. You know, like, and that's fucking ridiculous, too. Like, my God, I yeah. can't imagine being put in that position. And what I think about a lot as well is, like, motherfuckers have not had, like, a fucking part-time job. Like, dealing yeah, with... no, they're, they're all missing life skills, man. Exactly. Oh, hang on one sec. Someone's, someone's just... Yeah, sorry, we've just had vibing. lovely member of the staff walk in. So you're vibing. No, well, um, yeah, I was, I was just gonna say, life skills, dealing with customers, like front facing, like nine to five, like minimum wage jobs, like my god, that taught me a ton. Is what I will say. Yeah, actually, you know, everyone has like the preseason where they get signed in November, and then maybe they show up in like March or February of every year. I think it would actually be crazy if instead of scrimming online during the preseason everyone just had to work three months in a hospitality job. Like every oh. rookie had to do three months in hospo. And then they would actually show up and just be way more functional than ever before. They would. Like yeah, they, should do, they should do boot camps would. for the players where they, they all have to go to an apartment in their home country. They have to live by themselves for three months and they have to work a hospitality job. And you just get the best players ever for it because they'd actually be like semi-human by the time they get out of that. Yeah. They'd know how to like cook, yeah. clean and fucking tidy up after themselves and fucking deal with people. Well, as well, like, well, they could be twenty three and not know how to do any of that, which would be fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To be fair, I know a few people like that as well, so uh, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. I was. Oh, say... really? Uh, that manages to stick in casting too, or? Uh, well, so sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. That's all I'll say. I know, like, hey, if a lot of people are very introverted, so it happens where you know sometimes it happens where those t uh, those tendencies and those traits come out as well in real life. I I would say I haven't really dealt with a lot of that but like yeah i've heard things what i'll say like people yeah. just not being the nicest or like you know it's like hey man like that's kind of weird and like hey if you had a part-time job like dealing with fucking customers and shit like that <laughs> like maybe you'd have a different perspective of like what you're doing right now you know like yeah there's yeah i wouldn't say there's a lot of that I but think... like it happens. Anyway. It might be hard to teach empathy too, though. You know, like some yeah. people might be a bit short. Holy that. shit! <laughs> that, that Unless you've be been threatened 
uh, that threatened by someone saying that they're gonna fucking stab you for a scratched uh, a watchdog's disc for the fucking Nintendo Wii U, then you know you haven't fucking lived. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, if you've not they been got, like a childhood man, trauma that we're on, on, I, I, on the video or something. Like. Your motherfucking kid definitely picked up the Wii U and shook it a little bit and had laser burn on it. The discs do not come out the factory with fucking laser burn. Is all I'm gonna say. And you threaten to stab me all you fucking want. The fucking popo is just around the corner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jeez. Dealing with yeah, those no, kind of laser people. laser burn actually hurts. Laser burn? Yeah. Is the... right. I, remember, I remember a friend picked up my Xbox and ruined yeah. my Modern Warfare 2 disc. Happens all the time, man. Wow. It's like, wow. just don't move the fucking console while the disc is in. A lot of the newer consoles, it... like, they don't do that anymore, but like 360, yeah. They, yeah just that was a really discs. hurtful childhood memory that you've just unearthed, actually. Oh, that, shit, that was really? like one of the most painful days of my life. Poor memory unlocked. Breaking. Yeah, no, jeez. I, I fucking love that game. Yeah, so I just broke it. I did. Right, we're back. We're back. Hey, hey, I've done that too. I I did it myself to my fucking Halo Three limited edition disc, and I've still got the disc. Still oh. got it. Well, it's worth worthless disc now, man. Worthless like, disc, but hey, the you should have you should have taken the disc into the store and threatened to stab someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they just sort it out. Yeah, no, because we told him to fuck yeah. off because he didn't even buy it at our store. I was like, what the? Well, it fuck? wasn't even from you. No receipt. You said you didn't even buy it in our store. It was someone else's. Not like it was still in the same chain, but like it was some other yeah, store. Not like one. not our one. Yeah, and you're threatening to stab me, and you're clearly you ruined the disc, or your kid ruined the disc. Like, Watchdogs on the Wii U as well. Really? You don't want to yeah, get no, 360? Shit, shit, shit title, shit platform. Like I don't Holy know. Holy fuck! Taking the piss. He's taking the fucking piss. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, dealing with, like, customers front-facing, my God, what a fucking world-changing experience when you realize, like, most, like, the general, Joe public, general populace, they're just morons. Just <laughs> moronic. It's like, holy oh, they're all shit, just, they're dude. Awful. They're awful. Like, they're, they're morons and they're awful to service staff. Yeah. Um, yeah anybody no, behind not. a counter that's, you know, selling you game video games in my uh from my experience or like serving you coffee food drinks doing what you know i said to them man doesn't take much i'm not looking forward to being 40 like because i figure once i'm 40 i will just naturally be that person <laughs> you just i feel like you're in your 20s and you're like yeah it couldn't possibly be me yeah it's like there's so many people that are like that it's like it's it must be me like I, i'm getting there. you just you just unlock that trait in the skill tree the midlife crisis yeah or like your, your brain your brain rots in your head enough that you know something just it goes missing yeah well i you forget that the service staff are people too i really hope a lot of the players that are playing now don't forget that service staff are people people that are selling them whatever the fuck are real human beings man. i mean then the players nowadays they're not being sold anything in person they're buying everything over their fucking that's true too like they don't they that's don't even true. see the delivery guy like they pick it up out of the box in their apartment so they're they're laughing yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, just Uber Eats, DoorDash yeah, and shit. We're straying further from God every day, mate. <laughs> in, 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 ten, in 10 days, we'll be living in tubes or something. Like, it's, it's so fucking over. It'll be like, uh, you seen Wally? When everybody's just uh, yeah. in the big wheelchairs and they're fucking, or like, not, are they wheelchairs? I don't know, the zoomy things because they can't fucking walk anymore and they're fucking just mm-hmm. shit. And like, yeah, it'll, it'll just be like it'll, that. It'll be you too, mate. Can't wait. None of us will be immune to this. Can't wait. Can't wait. If I end up like that, then just feel free to just push me over so I can't get out. I want to be fit yeah, and no, active. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to living in the pod and eating the bugs. <laughs> you, you do, you. Having the tubes in you and you just don't have to do anything, but you sit there and just, you know, for me, I play Magic the Gathering for fucking 12 hours a day, you know. Easy clap, man. 
<laughs> that's that's your finishing move like just non-stop magic non-stop magic gathering hey it's pretty i'm just yeah. saying like god this is a small tangent but like fuck me Magic the gathering arena what a life-changing experience absolutely fucking life-changing i don't have to go down to my local really? card shop anymore it? dude it's crazy like i love playing like standard and like you can't go down to the card shop every day and just play with people like all the time with varying skill levels so like just i like doing that still but like bro you can just log on i hit play play with the deck you, you know you can just keep going and going and going rage quick go 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 you know like crazy although i do concede a yeah. little bit too early i will say i'm a little bit of a rage quitter on magic oh you, you tilt and leave the lobby early a little bit sometimes yeah if there's like strats that i you're not gonna know and maybe the audience don't know but there's a strat called domain right now i just makes me want to claw my fucking eyes out bro it i just yeah i hate that shit. I'll, I'll tilt early you're a quick quit quick early. ff yeah quick ff <laughs> okay. i'll just concede because i'm like if they get the combo off i'm like yeah. concede i don't care i don't care to see your combo <laughs> fuck you i'll go on to the next you don't match. even want to see it i just don't want to see it i'll see the combo start i'm like nope i'm out didn't ask fair enough the fuck out my game. but if i smack I, them down four turns, mental then, Dude, pay, okay, only against fucking domain decks. If there's any other decks, sure, why the fuck not? But to be fair, the same with Overwatch. I was playing with Scott yesterday. Our team was just fucking inting, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Alari and just shoot people. I don't care. Play around the pylon. Don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, I mean that's that's Overwatch. There, you know, there's always a swap when you get pissed off. You know, you can just go to something less useful to the team. You know, you can just yep. play for yourself a bit more. Hell yeah, I love doing that. I love locking Alari, bro. You just play around the pylon. Yeah. I'm not healing you. I just shoot people. I mean, I. I like being able to do that sort of stuff, but at the same time, my hands don't work. So it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> hard for me to lock the individual value hero. It's like, I'm not going to swap and carry the game. Like, who am I kidding? Yeah, that's not that's not on me, yeah. bro. That's on the DPS, bro. It rolls OP. No, so just coach. Just <laughs> a coach. coach. All right, uh, Unter, yeah. I do appreciate you coming on. I really do. Um, I don't know if you want to no just worries. take the floor now. Yeah, and nothing just... better to do. Hey, you're in Riyadh. It's like self-promo time. It's self-promo. Do whatever you want. You can take the floor, say there's, whatever, and yeah, just whatever you want to say. There's no promo. There's, I, I got nothing going on, you know? By the time this episode's out, Twisted Minds will have won Saudi E-Leagues, so, you know, I can't even plug those guys. Like, I can't even say go watch their match. Um, watch Uncoachable. You know, watch, watch that podcast, you know? Write a comment. Send a death threat directed at me in the comments. <laughs> we, want, we want death threats as comments. And uh, currently, fuck? I've been getting a lot of... I've been getting a lot of personal attacks about like my facial hair, my personality and stuff like that. But um, I don't want personal attacks like that. I want death threats. So please okay. watch Uncoachable and send death threats to me in the comments, <laughs> please. And that's... um. Wow. <laughs> yep. The most unhinged outro of all fucking time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, no, thanks for <laughs> yeah. coming on, mate. Appreciate it. I'll put um, Hunter's links down the in the description below and I'll put um, Uncoachable's link as well down in the description. Ta. Okay. All right. All right. Sweet. Thanks for coming. Peace out, everybody. Worries. Bye.